This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Celtic Rooms TV, the Boz and Bodville podcast, with your hosts Mark and myself, Paul. Join us tonight in the show we have Barry. And he's Iceman from a phone page to the podcast at www.celticrumors.co.uk. You can also check out all the links to the podcast in the description below. On the show tonight, we will look at Angie's plans for the summer, as rumours and news are now circling around the club about potential transfers. We we'll talk about Angie's recruitment in his backroom staff and who will he bring in, and also who would you guys like to bring in. We'll also talk about last week's victory over Ross County and would that leads us into the upcoming old Glasgow Derby against old old farm Rangers. And of course we'll be going through the live chat if there's anything you guys want us to, to talk about, please let us know. Firstly I hand off to Matt for a few shout outs. Hey, thanks Paul. Uh, a couple of normal shout outs to Tim Alloy, we join United Island uh, in Richie Richie again, get some good news again, Paul, for the horse bulls. Biting it as much as he can, and mm-hmm. it's looking good, you know what I mean? So, Richie, just yeah, say it all the time, what I say to you in the email, mate, just keep, what you're, keep on doing what you're doing, because it seems to be working, so mm-hmm. take care of yourself. A wee special shout out to Camp, say boy, I see a wee addition to his family, Paul. Oh, nice. Uh, so, congratulations to Camp, saying his missus. Uh, no, will no, be a wee baby. I think he said it was four, four stone three or something when it was. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but congratulations to Campsy and his missus on that wee addition to their family. Uh, there's a, the jabber a job. He's just changed his name to something that's even worse, you know, an undercover hunt. But nice to see him in. He says he's still working, but he'll be listening. Bobby Sutherland, he's watching snooker, so. He might not be at some, obviously Bobby can multitask and do two, two things at once there. <laughs> <laughs> I see Brian, I evening Brian, thanks for coming in. I see him posting in the forum a wee bit as well, so keep in that, Brian, you know you're more than welcome on there as well. That's me for that, Paul, when you go, bud, I'll go and get Barry on. And Stubbsy has, Mark, Stubbsy has. Oh, it's so he has, Stubbsy's there as well, he takes a huff if he doesn't get a shout mm-hmm. out. So, with the season drawing to a close end... Um, and cross Celtic on course to win back the title from our neighbours. Uh, there was certainly certainly things will look different in the summer. As expected, the Celtic fable are, are expecting more departures in the summer transfer window. Julian, Rodrick, Beaton and Forrest, their actually contracts expire Mac in less than a year, uh, 2003. Uh, Barry Dale, let's you there, Barry? Yeah, here, guys. Oh, there he's yeah. here, Paul. Thanks very much for coming on, Barry. Oh, what is it, all, lads? So, just, just with the, the... These are 
I would say, Mark, four kind of senior players here, but I think we can all expect that Julian's going to be gone uh, in the summer. I think so, Paul. I've said that all along. It looks as if Julian will be away, didn't I? Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Barry? Would you keep Julian around, or do you think he's like if we if if we are to be keeping vicars, right? Hopefully, we do, and and staff at the passionate deal. Would you keep Julian around, or would you try to progress Welch more into this role? Personally, I I would keep Julian. Um, you know, obviously, Carter Vickers is a priority for me. Uh, I've not hidden away from that fact. I think I said, I think I said on the last one, I think he's been the best player in the country. I'd, I'd have given him a player of the year. I'm a bit surprised he's not on the mm-hmm. shortlist. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so Carter Vickers and Stafford are going to be your first uh, choice partnership. But you know, also a good young player. But for me, given the choice of the two, I, I think I'd probably. For Julian over Welsh at this stage. I mean, what we've got to remember is Julian, we paid £7 million pounds for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, what is he must be about 28, 29 year old now. Um, so he's got that level of experience. And, you know, working with these guys um, would bring Welsh's development on. But like you guys, I, I, I doubt that here come the end of summer, he's not going to want to warm the bench. He's at a stage in his career where he needs to be playing regular football. And I, I Providing we do get Carter Vickers on a permanent deal, I can't see him getting that regular football. So whilst I do believe he would be away, I'd be one that I'd be quite happy to see him stay at the club. Although I don't see him dislodging any of the two of them, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Mark, another player um, I just saw on uh, Sky Sports Scotland's Twitter page uh, today, Tom Rudrick. He was they actually mentioned him that he's a, a year left after the summer. He said he wasn't thinking about his his contract at the moment. He's happy, but then Mark, this fella in the J League, Dan Oitzvitz, Mark has come out and said that Roderick may ask for a transfer in the summer to be close at the home with his family in Australia. That he might sign uh, a new contract. Now, Roderick is pushing thirty, Mark. I mean, it, it, he's been out here a long time now, Paul. Yeah, no, I mean. He, I mean, I don't know his family situation, if his wife's or that side of the world, or if she's fair here. There must but be that, there must be that, 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 uh, that okay, has come out and said this, like, you know, that he actually doesn't want to to to, to sign a new contract. Uh, it's like what I said, maybe I think we, maybe we that will happen with Beaton, it's that kind, I think maybe, again, he's only going to have a year left in his deals, it maybe time for him to take his family back to Israel and set, get settled there, there where he'll be even a first starter every week for the team, but more for like, more for like, his, like his family side of things because obviously all the Israeli players always go back to stay in Israel didn't they kind of thing, so it's maybe much the same kind of thing for Rogic mm-hmm. and that, that journalist Paul, that guy, he seems to be quite on the eyes, does seem to be quite Mark, good with stuff like that when I was when I was doing up this last night, I I came across because I always kind of click on to him after get like uh, I have you see what you're saying about stuff. This this, this is the fella, now Barry that predicted um, Kyogo, Mieda, Iguchi, and he asked it. This fella said that Celtic were gold for these fellas, you know, and he always seems to be bang on with stuff, you know. I was a journalist. He's a main kind yeah. of football journalist during the J League, and yeah, he, I mean they, they, they don't make. 
Jimmy, we look, mind Paul, we looked in there, they don't mess about with daft rumours and that, because if they ask somebody for a club a question, they get a straight answer and an honest answer for them. Yeah, because he was actually, when he signed me, it was just facts, facts, facts that he was getting told yeah. and passing on all, all along the line. So, like, would you think Barry, like, like a year going into his contract, Tom Roderick might look for that, that move, move back home, and, or would he see out and maybe Celtic would let him go on the free? How old is Drogic, Paul? Roderick's hitting 30 now. I still think he's got a lot of football in him, if I'm perfectly mm-hmm. honest. You know, I, I can understand, you know, and obviously family's a, a different ball game altogether. If there is, I don't like, like Mark, I, I don't know Roderick's situation in terms of wife and children, but if he is maybe getting a wee bit of pressure from his wife who wants to move back home, that's a different thing. If it's a purely footballing decision, I still think there's a contract left in Roderick. Yeah another sort of two or three years and then, you know, if you're, you're looking at his 33-year-old, 34, maybe then it'd be back, uh, time to go back to the A-League in Australia because with all due respect, Ted, it's not at the level that, that exactly. any sort of European league is. So, for me personally, I think I do think there's another contract with him, whether it's at Celtic or it might be another club, but it surprised me at 30-year-old if he was to go back to Australia. Yeah, because like, especially... Very like what we saw of Roderick this year. You know, I mean, this is the best footballer I've seen Roderick play Celtic for a long, long time. When he's fitter, he's more slick. You know, he's thinner. I mean, he just everything about Roderick this year was Roderick we saw about five, six years back. You know what I mean? And I, I why, completely agree, Paul. And I think as well something that's been really apparent to me, especially at the start of the season. You know, before he he, he went away on international duty, he was his work rate. He, he he clearly bought into the Ange. Uh, methods and style of play because one thing being at the games and watching them, he really worked hard, which we're not you don't really associate with Tom Rogic. Mm-hmm. You associate him with the silky skills and the lovely finishes and the real art to the football. But he really upped his work rate. He was working his socks up, closing down pressing. So that tells me that he really wanted to make an impact when Ange came in, and he's clearly enjoying his football. He's been listed uh, shortlisted for a Player of the Year. So I, I'd be surprised to see him go. If I'm perfectly honest. Do you think? Do you think though maybe all the travelling Barry and Australian squad like that maybe he's taking his toll on Roderick and maybe that's he's thinking to move kind of closer to Australia or like you said it's going to be football reasons like would that be? Yeah. Would, would no, that I be? I wouldn't think the travelling would be an issue. What, what, what does he go a couple of times a year? Mm-hmm. You know, I went international what two or three times a season. I, I don't think uh, travelling would have an impact. On Pro- it probably it has. Probably at his age, he's more thinking retiring for international football. Probably the yeah. travel involved in it. You know, it'll, be an, it'll be an interesting one to see what does happen with August because again, if he's a year getting into the last year, it's it's like it either gets an extension and we need to move him on at this point so that we at least get some money out him. I don't think Celtic's going to let players like Rogers like, just sit and read their contract I found, it, I found it strange, Mark, because Rogers himself was coming out today saying well, he, he's playing the best football he has at Celtic himself, and that's all down to Ange and the relationship he's has with Ange. And then we had this fella saying it was only about four or five weeks ago that he's saying that when he was on the last international duty that he wants to come Go, do you know what I mean? Like it's not just it hasn't been a decision he's made in the last couple of weeks. Like Dan Osmond was, was saying, like he's been saying this now for a couple of months. Do you get me? You know, you know. And that's aye, why... aye. It's a there, Paul. It must be something 
there must be something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another player, Mark, you just mentioned there. We're just talking about these players for a while. It's, it's, uh, it's Beaton. Like he's in the last year as well. Uh, he's he's Beaton is actually thirty now. And as you said, Mark, he's been at the club a long time as well. Like Barry was on the podcast with us at the start of the season. Like these are players we thought would actually leave not would leave back then, but we saw them come different players on the edge that that we want them to be, you know and. Do you think maybe be we we be thinking the same like you know that like if they were like there was never kind of the board sitting down with them like normally if you're in your kind of last year for contract mark the board be kind of sitting down uh, in January. Ah, uh, you think there'd be some moves afoot to get the deals done? There's no kind of snippets around in that mark. Do you know what I mean? You know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I'm sure Barry agrees. He said it before. Beaton's been. A, a totally different player for what he's played, but again, that's going back to him playing at centre back and that. But uh, Paul, is he the ideal player in that position for Angie's system? Well, like I was that, watching last night. I mean, I was, really? I was watching um, Liverpool. I know the G lads watched. Did you watch Liverpool and uh, Villarreal last night? No, and I was watching them last night, and I was I persistently watched Fabino for Liverpool. The way Liverpool attack, and Fabino. Just sat back. He didn't. He didn't attack with the team. He just sat back. And when he needed to press, when Villar got the ball, he pressed. And that's. He just, he, what you I should say Fabinho then. Oh man. No, I know. No, I feel Liverpool. No, we don't. We don't want Liverpool rejects at Celtic. <laughs> but they're saying like that's the player that we uh, want. Uh, that's what I mean, Paul. He's beat on that. That's got to come in there. Beat on. Although he's good at the job he does in that defensive midfield role, Paul, it doesn't. It's not the job that Ange wants. He's not going to be. He's, he's just still. He's still a cover player. Do you know what I mean? He's still. All, and it's just what he's always really been at Celtic. Isn't he? He's always been at like a backup, a cover player that well, can play here. That today, Mark, he? And that's he's what I'm saying. He's got like uh, eyes. I, I don't know. I think I think Beaton could leave in the summer. I definitely do. Just for his own, his own career. He's getting to the age as well, Paul, that he'll, he'll want to be playing every week. He'll not be happy mm-hmm. just coming in when there's injuries and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Barry, Barry will tell you, he knows enough professionals. There comes a, when you're young, Barry, you want to play all the time, and when you're getting older, you want to play all the time, isn't it? That's it. Uh, and the thing is with Beaton is a, a wee bit of. I don't want to say strange. He's never really been a regular for Celtic. He's no. been there for a long, long time now. And he's never really been... And he's kind of... I guess you've got to give him a bit of credit. He's kind of stuck around when other players might have thought, you know what, this isn't working out for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not playing as regularly as I wanted. But like that, I mean, I'll hold my hands up. Start a season, I was all for, you know, yeah. seeing the back of Beaton. But yeah, I need to hold my hands up. I think he's had a really good season. And he's done a job in there. But like that, like going forward, you know, we've spoken about Julian, Rogic and uh, Beaton. Out of three of them, it's only really Rogic that gets a decent amount of game time. The other two, the, the, you know, they've not had any sort of game time. So with regard to what happens in the summer, would, would it be a sub- probably the only one that would surprise me would be Rogic, mm-hmm. considering that he kind of is a regular in Ange's team. Uh, but like that, like we've touched on, it might be out with, uh, you know, underlying situations that would dictate whether he does stay or not. Mm-hmm. Mark, this one is 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 strange. Like we 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 spoke about 
just before you start another subject, mm-hmm. Paul, your opinion to Glasgow, keep Rogic for a testimonial, he deserves it. Is Beaton Moutinho be due a testimonial next yeah, season as well? Yeah, next season as well, Mark, he needs testimonial season as well. Next I mean, as Barry says, I mean, if Barry says, fair play to them for sticking about for that length of time at Celtic when... But you don't see it, no, man. You don't see no, it. No, I, I, but see, if you, I mean, but as Barry's saying there, if you think about it, they've never really. Rogic comes in and out in flashes over the years. He's done, but he's been a bit lot more consistent this year. But and neither neither of the two of them's really dominated. Put as Barry's saying, claimed their own spot in the team, became that kind of undroppable not, player kind of thing. I think that was. It, it, it's what. What you said, Mark, and what Barry said, and what what kind of Barry said, the player says, if Roderick was the player he was today, oh, he wouldn't. Season, he wouldn't be at Celtic now. Oh, if if Roderick should pace, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been at Celtic much longer than a couple of seasons once he actually mm-hmm. go eventually go into the team and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's doubting his technical ability. And, it was Mary's application over the years, but again, Roderick is one of them. just he's turned the corner this year, but. Again, it's, it'll be up to Ange and the player if they're willing to extend their deals, but it will come down to whether Ange sees like the likes of Beaton or Julian have any any future. Julian, I don't see him any future at all at Celtic. I watched him, uh, but I don't know, did you watch the... Um, somebody, somebody said in the live chat the earlier, probably was Mark, home. Yeah. We watched that. Uh, he, uh, he, well, I, watched, I came home to watch it, and uh, the mistakes he was making... In, in 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 that game, lunging like I always remember Julian Mark lunging into silly tackles. You know he, he was always prone to give a free kick and and stuff like that. You know, and he was doing the same in the beat, and he was trying these long passes that. I that was trying to if, I think he thought because he was playing against like young boys and things like that, Paul, that yeah, he, yeah. he could play a bit like Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. Winter, that's what yeah. he was trying to do. You know, and I'm thinking, like, if he came into Ange's first team and, and 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 did stuff that he was doing in the Courts League, he won't be played again under Ange, Mark. You get me? No. You know, because I wouldn't think that 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 Ange would uh, would tolerate a Barry the way he was playing in in, but, but, in that. Well, as I've said all along, for me, Julian's not trying to get into this place, Starfield or a. Uh, Big Car- Carter Vickers. As Welsh. And as I've said, Ange hasn't seen Julian kick a ball in anger and then he puts in that performance in the B team. So it's not as if he's gain, making a hardest. You know what I mean? He's not pushing Ange to make a decision on it. You know who I actually thought was uh, a, a great player? I, 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 you watched a few of the, the B, B games, didn't you? The Celtic B, B teams? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. The, the young lad uh, in centre-back, the fella, also. I thought he looked oh, very the, solid. The captain, yeah. He, yeah. He captained them, didn't he? Yeah. I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a few players, and I think maybe that, I think the way Ange is going, and he does like to bring these young boys mm-hmm. in, doesn't he? So so there's a real opportunity for some of these guys to take a claim. I, I watched them uh, against Rangers in the, I think it was a, was it a league game, was it? Or a cup? No, I know the Glasgow Cup. The Glasgow Cup, the one that lost one nil. I watched that match, um, and there was a, there was a few. It wasn't the best performance, but there was a few guys you could see that that, that could potentially step up and offer something in the first team. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Julian's days are behind him now. Um, I, d- I don't think he's going to hang around. And bear, like I say, bear in mind he's a seven million pound player. 
he'll be on a decent wage. The fact we've paid that amount for him, he'll be on a decent wage. I think he'll be one we'll look to move on in the summer. See, that's the, that, that's, that's, that's the biggest issue, Barry, that, that we paid a big fee for him, and we know no, we're not going to get that back. Like, you know, what could Celtic be expecting for Julian, do you think? You know, I reckon you'd be lucky to get a couple of million, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest with you. Given his age, given his lack of football over the last, well, be 18 months or so, uh, you're not going to recoup any kind of fee. You know what? I think you'd be able to just put five, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. I, honestly, I think you'd get, you'd get I'd be three and five million for Julian off a French team, I think. I mean, I think, no, we'd be, I think we'd be pushing it to get something like that. Mark, there's no many. Honest. There's no many. Fra- I mean, outside like PSG and things like that, there's no a lot of big transfers in there. There'll be a French somebody in French attached to some French team that says, "Oh, I've seen him back, shout at him for somebody or something like that," and they'll be willing to pay three or four million just on like what his reputation was still in France. As long as he's back, they can prove it. His fitness wise, I wouldn't just cut my ties. We're not a seven million pound player. But, but we may end up doing that with Barkis, so that was only five, wouldn't it? But, but the thing is, Mark, who's going to pay four million for somebody that's never kicked the ball for 18 months? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's difficult to try and get a transfer fee like that for somebody that's never kicked will, the ball I'll, for 18 I'll, months. And with an injury like that too, Barry, the club be kind of wary, like, does he relapse or, or anything like that because of the stress of his injury that time? Do you know what I mean? You know? Well, that, obviously that's something that you know your medical teams and stuff would. There'd have to be some sort of stringent medical if he was to, to get a move because that that is another thing, Paul. You know, not only his lack of football, the fact that it was a serious serious injury that's kept him out that long. Is he going to be the same player mm-hmm. or, or be able to play at the same level? But you know what, we'll find out in the coming months. But yeah, I mean, I certainly doubt he'll be here come the end of the summer. It just it just doesn't fit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last player got Stally's contract is up in a year mark and look, we spoke about many times in this thing and we spoke does he actually fit Andrew's system now because of his, his lack of pace is, is, is James Forrest another good sovereign to the club mark he's been at the club a long long time and I think his days could be numbered now as well mark well I think they might be as well Paul so I spoke about him umpteen times on here and I've even, I've even said as time goes on we see wingers Moving into playing the centre, the middle, and things like that. I can't see James Forrest no. doing that. That's not going to happen either. And as you said, Paul, he's been a great servant for the club. He's probably one of our most decorated players in history when you look through the record books and stuff like that. But I don't see where James Forrest fits into Angie's team. I really, really don't. For me, he's another one that's on a lot of money. He's on a heavy wage and. Second biggest, third biggest owner in the club, mate. and he's not going to, he's no, he's no earning that, he's no earning that wage, Paul. Because if you're paying that kind of money at Celtic, it needs to be somebody that's in your team every week, week mm-hmm. in and week mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But I think you kind of would agree with that, wouldn't you, Forrest? Like he looks, he's definitely not the player we saw under Brendan Rodgers when Patrick Rock. Like I thought, no, with Lee Labadar coming in, putting him under pressure, that Forrest made up his game, but. These little injuries seem to be taking his toll on him, Barry. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, listen, I really like James Forrest. Like Mark said, he's had a fantastic career mm-hmm. at the football club. He's won countless trophies. Um, but but like that, his style I don't I don't think fits in with what Ange is looking for. To be perfectly honest, 
you know, we all know Ange the way he likes to play the game, you know, the high press, the, the real high intensity, and I don't think that's really James Forrest. Not, not only is it game, not his game, I'll probably take toll on uh, on his body and on his fitness. So like that, when you're playing at the level that the, the manager wants you to play at, he's going to be picking up these wee niggling injuries, and it's something that's dogged him through his career. He, he did have a nice wee spell where he, he went a, a period of time where he was, wasn't injured and he's strung... Uh, appearances together, and that's probably when he played his best football, and mm. you know came back with his best numbers in terms of appearances, contribution. But this season again, he's had the, he's, he's been dogged by a bit of injury, and unfortunately now you know as supporters were sitting here, and he's not sort of one that we'd look to the bench and think, oh, you know what, he, he'll come on and make a difference. You know, mm-hmm. you, you look at the bench, and there is players you think, you know, your Turnbulls, your Abadas can come on and really turn the game. Unfortunately, when you see Forrest sitting there, you're thinking. For me, anyway, I'm not thinking he, he's one that I would I would turn to to really make a difference and turn the game. And it might just be that he's only scores. Will he be here next season? I don't know. I don't know if he's yeah, going to score. You know, it might surprise me more if he does leave. But the thing is, the interesting thing that Ange said, and he said it relatively uh, recently, was that this team are at the very early stages of the transition. Now, he's brought in a number of players. And, you know, since since the start of the summer, he's brought a number of players, but he, he's telling the supporters, he's telling the media that we're still at the very early stages of this rebuild. So that tells me that there could be a lot of changes come the mm-hmm. summer again. Mm-hmm. So like, we'll see what happens. My, my biggest thing about, would be about these players leaving Barry would be... like not, I, I suppose you could put Julian down there as well. Like, would be... Four, we're four less experienced players in the dressing room. You know, like it, we Celtic is a young, young team, and if these four fellas did go, I mean, there, there, there are four big players in the dressing room, Barry, that that would be leaving. You know, not not just for a big like, personality, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Players that, you know? players that, players that you're expecting young players to look up to and learn off. And I know what you're meaning when you're saying that, Paul, but. If the, if the time's right, it needs to be moved. It needs to happen, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've still the elephant in the room, really, Paul. We're talking about players that are coming to end their contract as well. But what about James McCarthy? Well, I've speak. I've him down, down, down a bit there with a group of players. Oh, right, like, right. Sorry, I think, I, I think, I think we can all definitely, definitely, Barry. Anyway, I think Barker, Zorro, Balangoli, and Yessi, I think those days are numbered, even when we had injuries. Zaro wasn't even getting into team or Bongoli, you know? Yeah, I, I think like the players I just mentioned there, they, I, I'm pretty certain, will be moved on this summer because they're just nowhere near the first team squad. Mm-hmm. Um, the difficulty might be, well, hopefully it's not a difficulty, but it's finding the solution, you know, because I think for the past, well, certainly the past couple of windows anyway, we thought a Yeti would be away. Well, clearly there's something there, whether it be lack of interest, his demands, I don't know. Exactly. Sometimes players just dig their heels in and say, you know what, I've got a contract here, I'm happy to sort of fight for my place. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, the, the ones that have touched on sort of Beaton, Rogic, Forrest, Julian, these are guys that you, you think would actually make an impact or, or be in your first team squad and, you know, potentially fighting for uh, a starting berth. Whereas your Ayetes, Bolingori, Goli, Soros, McCarthy's they, they're not near it so you know you would think you'd like to think that they'd be part of, of a sort of exodus in the summer because you know these guys you would like to think would be wanting to play 
football, and I don't think they're going to get it at the football club. I don't think they're going to get it at Celtic. That they would, would like to move the money elsewhere. But like I say, it's easier said than done a lot of times, Paul. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's finding the, the actual right deal. You know, there might be clubs that come in for players that think, no, I don't fancy playing in that country. Or, that exactly. doesn't suit me. This doesn't suit my family. So hopefully they'll come to we'll come to a solution where we are able to to move some of these guys on that are, are nowhere near it as far as I'm concerned. Because Mark, I was looking at these four players: Barker, Zorro, Bonagoli, and Yeti, and we're nearly close to twelve million that we pay for for these players who aren't even near our first team. Like, and you're, 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 we're going to take a loss there, but sometimes you have to take a loss, but it has to be done because. We need to get, as Barry said, see, like, that's the thing. We're in all these stages of the rebuild, Mark. We need to free up wages. Do you get me? And see, as Paul, see the thing about this. See if you're spending £5 million on a, on a player, they're looking for a £5 million player wage. So that it's not as if they're sitting there with high earners, you're like, yeah, yeah, and Barkas in there. I like in Barkas, Mark, when I was looking up the wage at that time. And like I know you said you can't really figure them out, like, but they're close enough. He was nearly on about 28, Mark 27, like Barkas was. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I yet how many times I've been through it. I mean, we're not getting into Peter Lowell again, but that was one of the most bizarre things that Peter Lowell done ever in his time as the CEO at Celtic. Mm-hmm. Was that one minute he was, the loan deal was all set to go and then he decided to spend £5 million in buying him. But mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there was anybody upset about the loan. But see when it came out that we were buying him for five million pounds, it put a lot of the supporters back up and they get I mean the guy's not done done anything to disprove what the support thought it was going to be it was a complete waste of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another group of players there, Mark, like you mentioned. Um there's young Den Bennett who is still fifty fifty. Uh we have Mickey Johnson, James McCarthy, there's Connor Hazard, there's Ozazi Yohidi, there's uh, Liam Shaw. I put down Liam Scales there. These are all kind of fringe pairs, Mark, like that. I think Mark could be... I, I, I wouldn't like to see Scales ship out. I think Scales is a handy pair to have, not just because he's Irish, but you have to question the likes of James McCarthy, Mark. Conor Hazard's like, these are players who... Like, especially Conor Hazard, he's never kind of stepped up to be a Celtic no, number one, Mark. No. And what we saw from Mark, I don't think he'd ever be a successful Celtic number one. Well, you're the better judge at keepers than me, Paul, so... Just go with what you're thinking on that is, but just says there's a lot of players at Celtic that they're, they're just no for anything, Paul. I mean, yeah. young that young Dumbelli, I really don't hear him to the lad at all, Paul. But I don't, I couldn't really care if he really signs a new contract or no. Mm-hmm. I mean, what age is he now, Paul? 19, 19, 19 20, 20 or something like that. And, He's a fair dues. Look, look, look you know, the difference between him and a bad, I don't know. Exactly, Paul. I mean, fair dues, he got injured. I think he would have got a lot more game time this season under Ange if he hadn't picked up that bad injury. So that was really unlucky for the lad, but would you offer him a new deal on. Because he will have offers. I don't think he's going to get offers at, like the Man United and no, big clubs no, like that no, that he expected no. to get maybe a year or two ago. But he will probably get offers that will free England and that, though. Even the championship, maybe abroad, that will offer him more money than Celtic will be offering him. So if he's wanting to maybe learn football and stay at Celtic, but I wouldn't be offering him any kind of bumper contract trying to entice him to stay or anything like that, Paul. Mm-hmm. Like by last season, we saw like half our squad depleted and 
I think we could be looking at the players I just listed out there and, and the players we spoke about previously. I think we could be in for another big clear out in the summer again. Yeah, I mean, from the players you've listed, Paul, it's hard to put up an argument of who deserves, you know, to stay and put, you know, put state their claim next season. I would say that, you know, the players I mentioned, not all of them are going to leave. I don't think. No, um, can't do that for, exactly. for various different reasons. I mean, the McCarthy one, for example, you know, he got a four-year deal last year. Mm-hmm. He's got another three years left on his contract. Is he going? You know, is he going to threaten the first team for me? Not, not for me. No, I don't think he does no. threaten the first team uh, spot. But then again, is he going to think to himself, well, you know what, I'd rather go out and play first-team football elsewhere, or is he going to think, you know what, I'm quite happy to, to sit in and, and, and you know, get the odd game the the cup game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one, Paul, in the summer, because, like I say, it has indicated that, you know, it's kind of phase two, the rebuild, you know, when he comes out and makes a statement, we're still at the very early stages of this rebuild, with the amount of players that we've brought in, that would tell you that, that we are going to have another summer of change. Uh, who that is uh, remains to be seen, because like I say, there's a number of factors that will play a part in who stays and who goes. Players might want to leave, players might want to go, you know, are we going to be able to hang on to some of our assets? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no doubt there's going to be interest in, in players that have made a big impact this season. God, we'd be better quit listing the players that are still going to be here. Because it doesn't sound like there's many of them from the ones that have rattled off. But um, we'll wait and see what happens. It is going to be an interesting summer. But there is, there's no doubt about it, there's going to be comings and goings in the summer. Because although we've had a remarkable season and we've really turned the football club around, you can't stand still and just sort of admire what you've done. You've got to move on. And for me, that means strengthening again. Strengthening again this summer. There's areas for me that I think we can get better in. Mm-hmm. No, I think there'll be a lot more exits than there is incomings. I mean, we've looked at many new players as that we've seen for the last over, over eight, two windows. Aye, it's really aye. too big. You know, I really do. I think our squad, I, I, I think maybe next season again, it'll probably go back to the, the three substitutes, Mark. You know what I mean? I think the squad is, is too big. How is it doing away with that substitute rule next year? I would think so, Mark, yeah, because of, like the COVID pandemic and stuff is over. And that's why it was kind of brought back in again, you know? Well, I thought that was just the, the new rules then, Paul. No, no, no. That was only brought in because the pandemic started spiking up again. In, um, in thing, and then they brought in the, the five subs to then after Christmas because there'd be more games over the winter break uh, coming early. You know? Oh, well. So I've learned something every day. <laughs> like, so, like, and, like, going by, going by the manager, Mark, that Ange is. And he likes progressing young players, and we've seen some good times down the, in 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 the youths. I mean, like he's going to have to trim the squad, Mark, if he wants to. A progressive go, go youth sub, yeah, exactly. Do you know I mean, I'm on the bench. Uh, that's spoke about, but I've not really seen much in Paul. But uh, everybody, seemed, Tom Boyd, and that seemed to be raving about that Boston Boston Lowell, as you pronounce it. Mhm, mhm. Uh, and he's just all saying that he's too good for the B team, sir. So yeah. He's going to be probably getting a step up, Paul, sir. So just says there's, 
It's a hard balance because see if you've got, him, see if you've I'll only get, see what you're saying there about subs, Paul. If you've only allowed three subs in that, it's a hard balance because you're trying to bring youth players through to learn them and teach them, but you're also trying to make sure that you win football games. So you maybe need a bit of experience on that bench and that as well. Was there a rule though? In I don't know if it's still there. That is it still there, Barry? That you have to have two under twenty-one players on the bench. Was there some rule in Scotland before with that, or was I imagining FIFA there, or something? There used to be, Paul. I yeah. Don't know if that's still there. There used to be. It was in your match day squad that have an extra uh, certain amount, and then there used to be. I think it was two on the bench out of that mm-hmm. amount. But I don't know if that's still in place. To be perfectly honest with you, you know. Um, like what you said there, departure. So we could expect an incomings, Mark, but two players, Mark, who will be leaving, and, and we we're hoping they could sign uh, is Yasha and Cavan Vickers. Personally, between the two, I'd like Celtic to go for Cavan Vickers as as Yasha is still fifty fifty. I think Mark he has to be a must, and it's in Celtic hands to get this deal done. And I, the, I think the it could be done. Hopefully. Oh, I think so. That for me, it's a, for me that's the number one priority, Paul. Even or Joe or or any or any signing this summer, any potential signing or anything, we need to try our damnedest to get Carter Vickers signed up permanently. For just to keep, I said on the forum, Paul, it keeps the continuity, the defence, defensive partnership going with Joe Hart behind them. And, we know what he can do. There's no risk involved. He's not going to need any settling in time. We partner, mm-hmm. learn to partner up with Starfield and things like that. For me, that's going to be a top priority for Celtic this summer. Really has. Do you know what? About yesterday, I was thinking about the two lads, Vickers and Starfield, and the two of them as a partnership is the best partnership I've seen at Celtic for a long, long time in, in the centre defence, I think. Yeah, you know what, Paul can't disagree with that whatsoever. And it's, it's funny because just before we came on air here, my, uh, my pal was over the guy who go through the games this season, pick it older, and we were having a chat about the pair of them, and we are just saying, you know, Starfelt's really not getting the credit that he deserves because, mm-hmm. you know, from where he was at the start of the season to where he is now, he's he's been terrific. But I, I believe that's down to... Carter Vickers by his side, you know. Carter Vickers for me, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't think I compliment him any higher. I, I've really watched Lyrical mm-hmm. about him on a few of the podcasts. I really rate him that highly. I said before, and I still maintain, I don't believe we'd be where we're in this position if he wasn't there. And having that partner next to, so from a Starfield point of view, having Carter Vickers there next to him, you know, talking him through the game, uh, he, he's, he's assurance on the ball. He's defending. You know, he very, very rarely makes mistakes. For me, that's brought Starfelt on because he's then gained the confidence knowing what a good centre half partner he's got next to him. And I, mm-hmm. I really do believe. And I think you know, I think Mark mentioned well the last time I was on, uh, mentioned about that the national team could play a factor in a bit of decision. Well, I was reading yesterday the coach is coming over to, to Parkhead on on Sunday to, to watch the match. I think the right hand man to the manager of the US national team. So. If, if he puts in a performance there, there's no doubt in my mind, Carter Vickers is, uh, I'll get a, a call up to the national team. The, the, the USA, I mean, I've never seen much of the USA, but the way he's played, there's, surely there can't be too many better centre-halves uh, for the USA than what Carter Vickers well, is. So Mikey, well, Mikey says the USA is a good team. Me and him were talking about this the other week, about mm-hmm, Carter mm-hmm. Vickers, and I said, I'm like you, Barry, I, don't, I couldn't name a 
anybody really the American team or anything like that but Mikey says they're a good team but as you say no, if yeah there's no doubt but uh, what, what, what my point is that for the, the season that Carter Vickers has had I'm confident that he'll get in that team and get a World Cup berth. Uh, at, least um, get in the, at least get in the squad kind of idea, right? Oh, the squad, without a doubt. Yeah, like I say, I, I'm not just going to say he's going to go and straight in the first one, but for me, the season he's had, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to get a call-up sooner rather than later. Because, like, if I was Cameron Vickers and I was thinking about my future and, 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 and my past years at Tottenham, Mark, and being down south, He's been loaned out his whole career. He's never got an opportunity. He's played, he said it himself, he's playing the best football he ever did out of his career. Why would, why would I, like, if I was him, take a risk and going back down to South to, to play or maybe, and it doesn't work out again, when you know the Celtic fans fucking love him up here? And, you know, see, be honest, Paul. Hey, look at uh, Carter Vickers. Look at Yota. Right, we win this league and we're getting into the Champions League next year. Big difference, yeah. Right, that's a big lure to players. Even, even players that aren't here, they know that maybe, maybe, we might be interested in. That's a big lure for playing the Champions mm-hmm. League. Mm-hmm. So, but why would Carter Vickers and Yota just not even sign on? Even, they mm-hmm. right, could come, they're going to play for us for a, even a year. Players have came and went for a year and for crazy exactly. money for us for stuff like that. Exactly. So why, why would you even turn down the chair? Right, instead of saying, oh, I'm not signing a four-year contract, I'll sign, I'll sign a three-year contract with a year's option. And even next summer, if, if that's a season we get a crazy bid for them, maybe it's up to them and us then if they get moved on. But it would be really silly for any player for me to walk out, on a, we're not going to win the Champions League, I'm not meaning anything like stupid like that, but they've worked with Ange for a year, he's improved the base of them as a player, we're going to be in the Champions League next year, so why not just take that kind of step? They're not going to get down to England and go to another Champions League team. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no a, cha- a Champions League team isn't going to come in and buy Yota. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's you're talking oh, eh, eh, Leicester. Leicester Mark, Leicester's one of the teams that are in for Carter Vickers. When, I mean, when you're speaking of Yasser, Mark, there, uh, when you, just the point you said there that no big Champions League team is going to come into Yasser. And you can see why, Mark, because when he signed for us, we did up the report on him and we saw the flaws. And we actually saw those flaws, Mark, the last couple of weeks in Yasa, why he hasn't been picked up by a big club in Portugal or in, in Europe, you know? Well, as I spoke about as well, Paul, when he came in, one of the things that a lot of the people, that these scouty guys and all that on Twitter and things like that, all said was about his decision-making. And... Mm-hmm. It's been shown that his decision making is questionable, but he's still a young lad. Mm-hmm. He'll get better, but his decision making will get better. And as I he'll keep saying, Paul, see if his de- decision making was spot on, he wouldn't be sell taking a loan. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. looking at, but it's, it's got to always. I know Angie's got to get in their head about how he can help them get better. That kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Barry will know about that kind of side of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. Just the two lads, Mark, start thing like 19 goals they conceded this season. You know, it's it's actually brilliant, like, isn't it, 19 goals? Oh, aye, definitely. I mean, we'll not talk about Europe or that, but... No, well, no, 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 no it really is, aye. For a, a partnership, Paul, that's just been together for 
a season. It really is. It's fantastic. It, you can't fault any of the two of them. I know Starfield with a wee bit of shaky starting. Even still, he's maybe a wee shaky moments. But, I mean, he took some pelters. He was a whipping boy for a long time. And he mm-hmm. was just he was just needing settled in. I think, too, when he get flung into the Hearts game, I think that affected him. He's the more physical player, Mark. He seems more, more confident, don't he? Aye, aye, he seems to handle that side of things well. And I think what Barry says as well, knowing that Carter Vickers is beside him, I think that gives him a kind of confidence to maybe take a wee risk when he's pushing forward and things like that and getting caught out. Mm-hmm. I think but, as well, I think we need to remember, see when Starfelt came into that team back against Hearts back in August or, or whenever it was. He's only in like, two days or something. Well, two days about. The thing was as well, Paul, he had... The back four was Ralston, who, who bear in mind everybody back then yeah. was like, didn't you know why, why is he still at the club? You know he's not good enough, etc. Um, Starfelt, Welsh, and Adam Montgomery. So you know here's a guy with, with three kids, basically. Yeah. You know, so so there was a lot of pressure on him and a lot of onus to, to really step up and and lead these guys, and probably a wee bit unfair on him because there's three inexperienced players. That, that he had that was right back at the start that, that was your back four um, back then for, for a few games so you know uh, he got a bit of flack back at, at the start and he, you know he made a couple of snakes but bear in mind these were young lads that he had in beside him it, it couldn't have been easy back then Yasser mm-hmm. uh, Barry seems another player now like the, the six million they're saying he's uh, for Celtic to buy him What's your thoughts on Yasser? Mark spoke of him there, but what, what, what do you think Celtic should do here on him? Is, is he worth the risk after what we've seen him today? No, he had his blip, but you could see that there's still quality there in this player, and, and he's, uh, he's put some performances. For me, Paul, definitely get that deal done. I, I, I know he, I don't want to say divides opinion. It's probably not the right term of phrase, but like you mentioned earlier, Paul, there is sort of fans that are a wee bit of 50 50. I've spoke to, to guys that are 50 50. I'm very much in the camp that I would sign you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you had the option of the two, I'm taking Carter Vickers. I think you know that. But for me, go and get both deals done. Oh, I, that, would be the ideal, uh, that would be the ideal scenario, Barry. But I'm seeing Carter that. Vickers. I'm, I'm like you. I'm just seeing out the two. I would say there are Celtic oh, is, 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 is it money well spent or like, uh, for the two of them? Definitely, Paul. And it's it's money we've got it's money we've kinda committed to spending anyway, Paul, so the finances will all be exactly. all right that way. Exactly. And as I said, we know what we're getting with them. Both of them's only That's the best thing about Mark is that we don't have to They're only gonna get better another young player to get no. you know. As I've said on the I forum, if we don't get Yota Paul fair dues with the Champions League money and the lure of that, going out and sign what we call like a quote-unquote marquee sign and somebody a wee bit special if you want a Disney sign for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for, for me and Paul, I definitely, I mean, I, I, to, he's maybe gone off the boil. Uh, that happens in young players. The young players, it's difficult to keep to maintain the levels that you are. It's been a long season. It's been a young lad. Really like the guy. I think he's our most creative player. I really do. I think he's got that bit of something special. And like Mark says, you know, developing under Ange, Ange will be able to get the best out of him. He'll continue to improve, continue to get better. And then, like like Mark kind of touched on, I think just to say he signs a four-year contract. If he's lighting up the Scotland next year and he's 
form in the Champions League as well. Somebody will take, somebody will come in with a crazy bid, and Celtic are not a club that will stand in the way. Uh, a young player, you know, if somebody comes in with, if Celtic signing for six million, somebody comes in and offers twenty, twenty-five million. I'm not saying that's going to happen. You know, these figures are hypothetical, but Celtic will not stand in his way. And that's the conversations I'm, I'm, I'm no doubt they'll have with them. They'll say, listen, we want you at the football club. We want to sign you on this contract. However, if you continue to go the way you're going, you continue to develop and deliver for this football club, we will not stand in your way if a club down south or a club in Portugal, France, Spain, Italy, if they come calling and the deals will not stand in your way. And for me, I, I believe that's the conversations that the, the hierarchy at Celtic have when, when they're finding these players. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case, Mark, he didn't, he did sign Celtic. Supposedly, have been watching a few players. They've been in Germany uh, three times. Uh, sorry, they've been in Germany nine times this season, watching two players or scouts. One is a young lad from Bayern Munich, nineteen-year-old called Christopher Scott, a similar young player to to Yasa, very fast and skillful. He he's available and a free transfer. Uh, he's Asked that he doesn't want to sign, he wants to leave. Celtic are ruined to be interested in him. Uh, they're looking at another young lad, a Dutch winger uh, from Blue Sea Diamonds, same 21 years of age. Uh, what's his name? Sorry. Just find here name. we go, here we go with the names. It, you know, it's a countdown conundrum. I just trying to freaking find his name. <laughs> but uh, he's Blue Sea Diamonds, he's 21 years of age. I don't think they have to. I don't think everyone's done with me, Matthew. Terence is at work, you know, and see wherever Terence is. Terence is rolling about in the floor laughing at this right now. Jesus Christ, man. Why are you have to do have to lose my hair? <laughs> anyway, but there's two young lads, anyway, in Germany, so they've watched them four times. Paul, right? I bet you were... I bet you were oh, Pierre Manuel. Pierre Manuel is his name from from Bruce D. Okay. Is that no him? Is that no that mul- is that no that killer foot in Birkinshaw? What's that? <laughs> Did you say his name was? Uh, Pierre. Pierre. Peter Manuel. Yeah. Peter Manuel was a serial killer, wasn't he? No, it's not Manuel. So Pierre <laughs> anyway, he's Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's laughing at that. There was two young <laughs> talents, right? So. Paul, when you heard that, that it was a, a, a German midfielder for Bayern Munich, his name was Christopher Scott. <laughs> 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 Christopher Scott, yeah. At least German sounded name in. <laughs> 19 years of age. That's how we so, said him first. <laughs> you know, so they're supposed to have looked at two of these young players. Uh, I haven't heard of this fella for a while, but when we were signing Cameron Vickers alone, we asked about. Before we signed Yasa, we asked about this young player at Spurs. Uh, it's it's Iago Santiago. He's 18 year old winger from from Tottenham Hotspur. We inquired about him again in, in January about his availability. Uh, he's he, supposedly Spurs have told him he can leave and he wants to leave. I I I'd watch out for this name, Iago Santiago. I think Celtic could could go back in for this 18 year old for Spurs, definitely. Especially if we went in from twice uh, with Carver Vickers at the start of the season, just before we signed Yasa. Uh, supposedly, Spurs didn't want to do a deal for two players, and that's why. Right. Aye, I, mean, right. I know who you're talking about now, Paul. Right. I was trying to. I, I kind of. The name twigged in the back of my head there. I know who you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Aye, that seems to be a kind. Aye, as you said, we might have went for him at the same time as Carver Vickers. So mm-hmm. It's obviously a kind of long term interest in him, isn't it? I think, I think they were. 
what happened was that they wanted Vickers was the main the main deal Barry do you get me and then they asked then about Yaya Stiger and then that was just kind of delaying the transfer so then they kind of pulled away from that they got Cameron Vickers they went back in then again in January asked to be informed about his availability in the summer I think Celtic are going to go back in for this young lad Mark if and I wouldn't say if Yasser stays or goes back I think because we inquired again in January we might go for him again you know I uh, maybe I. You know, um, I think I think Paul that there's no doubt about that, no doubt whatsoever about it that Celtic have contingency plans for both yeah, players. Exactly. You know, obvi- obviously, there's no doubt. I don't think that Yota and uh, Celtic's preferred option will be Yota and Carter if they sign permanent deals. However, there's no way they're going to bank on that happening. They will have players in line should these deals not happen and a list of names you mentioned there are probably be on their radar I think I did watch a bit of that Christopher Scott uh, linked with him maybe I think it was about a month or six weeks ago and mm-hmm. he seems to be more of a, an attacking midfielder in the sort of Rogic yes. opposed to an out and out winger I think he plays an attacking midfield role so again you know they could be planning for for Potential departures elsewhere, but I think yeah, I think he he looks like a bit he's a bit of an attacking midfielder, like the, where Patati and Rogic play at the minute. O'Reilly sort of sort mm-hmm. of mold, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also supposed to be looking at Mark uh, our conquerors in the in the Conference League, uh, Bournemouth Limits uh, winger uh, Ola Stocking back in uh, Celtic were trying to sign him last season, but the deal fell through. He was supposed to be disappointed that the deal fell through, but there's rumours now that Celtic in the last couple of days, after seeing him play against us, and, and we, we were actually very impressed with Paul McLean, the way they played against us. Like, so this is another name, Mark, we could actually be looking out for. Uh, he's, he's big, he's tall. You know, like, these are players, Mark, that... Like, the thing that gets me about this, Barry, is what you said there. Like we, we we have confused clients. People are saying like these and and signings and stuff like that. Like Celtic have a scouting system, and these scouting systems, these scout scout players. It's not Andrew scouts the players. It's the You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, think, I think. Yeah, absolutely. What, what tends to happen, Paul, is uh, the, the management team and the scouting network and, and everybody involved in these processes. Andrew will put together a, a profile of a player that he wants. You know, and there'll be a number of factors, you know, someone that's able Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also rumours that just 
yesterday I think they came out that Celtic had a 2.5 million bid for Kijan French club in, in the league two for Alexander Mendy the 28 year old has scored 16 goals in the French La Liga 2 this season uh, he's a 6 foot 2 striker uh, he's a strong forward in physique uh, this is a strange one for me Mark and I don't know if you you obviously saw the rumours yesterday that Celtic kind of bid for this fella uh, but what Barry was saying there like these are like Celtic seem to be scouting attacking players who who fit Andrew's system, right? And then when I see this bid yesterday for for, for this fellow Alexander Mindy, and then reading about him, they were saying he, he's no pace. You know what I mean? He doesn't I don't know, really, run. I don't even he know where the story came from, yeah. folks. Do you know what I mean? It was just a, you know what I mean? A, a strange a strange one altogether, wasn't it? Yeah, because I couldn't see like uh, twenty year like the way Celtic are going now, Mark. On the end, it seems to be we seem to be buying young players. Do you get me? Uh, you know? just, uh, and this fellow's twenty-eight. Uh, doesn't press, Mark. Doesn't run. He's a box-to-box striker. And then I was thinking maybe Ange saw that in certain games that he might need a striker like this. You know? I thought nah. As soon as I saw it, Paul looked up who the guy was. I thought nah, this is just kind of clickbaiting nonsense. Somebody's came up with. Even his agent says he's still got to be in <coughs> next season. No, sir. Ah, just... That's what it is. Just clickbaiting uh, garbage, man. It made no sense to me, Mark, when, when no, you look no, up at the, the striker, that how he would fish. Like, there's no doubt, Barry, that Celtic need a third striker because, yes, he's going to be gone. We saw injuries to G-Max and Kyogo this year when we had to play Mihida down the middle or even Abada. There's no doubt we need a striker, but I don't think this striker is the one that we need. You know what? I would agree with you, Paul. I think we're doing it. I think, you know, it's it's all down to opinions. There's a lot of fans that are saying it. Yes, like I say, all different opinions. Fans are saying, why do we need another striker? You've got Jack and Marcus, you've got Kyogo, but you've got Abada and you've got Maeda that could cover. I think you do. I don't don't want, with all due respect, I don't want to be relying on Maeda and Mm -hmm. Abada to be our, our striker. I do think you need... You know that that presence in there. What, what the difficulty with that is, Paul? You know, Hugo and Jack and Marcus will potentially fight out for that number one slot. Whoever comes in is, is potentially going to be back up oh, for that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, you're going to have three people fighting out for that one slot. I can't. I honestly can't see Ange changing his system. I know a lot of there's been a lot of talk and a lot of supporters kind of said, can we can we squeeze Jack and Marcus and and Kiel into the same team under a different system? I don't see that happening personally. No. I, I don't. I think Ange will stick to his guns in terms of the system and the style that he plays. But I do agree with you. I do think we could do with another fight. Who that is, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think I, I said previously, I'm very very confident that whoever we bring in the summer. I've got a full trust in the manager. So, you know, regardless of people's records and scoring records or, you know, profiles previously, midfielders, what have you, I really do have a massive, massive faith in this manager that whoever he brings in, it's going to be the right decision, the right player. I really do. Because, mm-hmm. Matt, just what Barry said there about me and the battle, like, we've said it numerous of times in the podcast, Mark, that, but he's just never Neither. a centre forward. He's no, never no, a striker, and, no. And, and and what you're taking out what he brings to the oh, team. I've just what Barry's saying there. 
oh, I thought you were finished, Paul, when you go. No, no, I don't go. Oh, just for about Barry saying it there, I, I totally agree with him. See if you play with one up front, Barry, for me, you need three strikers in your squad. If you play yeah. with two two up front, you need four. Because if if one of them breaks your leg, that should do either two in the park and one mm-hmm. in the bench. So if you're playing with, if you're only playing with one up front and one breaks your leg, you've got one in the park and still get one in the bench. So you're totally bang on. We definitely need another striker I, in this window. I one one hundred percent agree with that, Mark. I, I really do. And, and like that, we unfortunately we've had to go in and, and, and games. And if you go back a couple of years ago, the cup final, we didn't have any striker. No, I think it was Lewis Morgan played up front. Lewis Morgan, yeah. and we'd make Johnson playing up front there one time. Mickey Johnson's done, done it in Europe, and and like that, you know. This season, unfortunately, we've had a bad day. I think a bad day played up front against St. Johnson when, when Kyogo got injured. And like Mark says, Maeda, Maeda, okay, he has played up front in Japan, but he, I agree with you, Mark. I, I don't see him as an out and out centre half, out and out striker. I do see him more as a wider player. Um, so, so for me, yeah, absolutely. We should, we should go and get a third striker in the summer. That would be definitely one of the areas that I spoke about earlier that we need to strengthen in. Mm-hmm. And especially, Mark, look, what, what, something that Joe touched on there, Mark, like if Celtic do get over the line, uh, take another step on Sunday, we'll talk about that. The Champions League group stages, uh, the £40 million prize money getting into the group stages, like we could see a different kind of player coming to Celtic in the summer as well, more than, better than what's going out, you know? Well, that's what we should be seeing, Paul. No, I mean... I mean we were in a desperate situation last season and we've struck, with hindsight, we struck gold with the signings that Ange made and things like that, Paul, but it was still kind of a mishmashy, a rush. I mean, as I spoke about some of the players that played in the qualifiers and things like that, so I think it's, it's going to be players that are up to scratch. They'll be moved on and we can bring in quality. And that money, Paul, as you say, it gives us a better re-edge, a bit of, a bit of leeway to maybe get a bit a bit better quality and something maybe one player that's maybe just that wee bit special as I said mm-hmm. earlier a wee kind of marquee signing or that but I'm with Barry I just totally trust in Ange because he's not that he's doing the players that he's selected so far so let's play it be here and see how it goes mm-hmm. uh, just bear with me I think as I think as I think as well Paul you know this summer's going to be different to any summer that we've had since oh god I can't remember the last time were qualified directly for the Champions League because previous summers for the last what ten years, know, it's always been the case that are we going to get to the Champions League? We need to negotiate exactly to, to see if we've then got the money to go and sign players. This time we know we've got the money, so we can prepare. We can start preparing now for the players that we're going to bring in, rather than our oh, hinges on. Our budget doesn't rely on yeah, the Champions League qualifying. No, no. Exactly. I mean the, tra- the transfer window is shut. The transfer window will be shut before we even kick a ball in Europe this year. Mhm. Mhm. The thing is, as well, previous managers have said they've they've had transfer. They've drawn up transfer. Uh, play, uh, sorry, players. Uh, for for potentially getting into the Champions League and players if they don't get in the Champions League and that obviously determines wow. a lesser quality of player because they've had to because they know if we get this Champions League qualification this is the budget we have therefore we can get these X players however if it's Europa League we're playing in it's these players that we're going to get we've got the luxury this this season well I know we're not across the line yet but 
you know, you've got the luxury of, of being able to say, well, we're guaranteed 40, 50, whatever it's going to be. So therefore, and not only that, we don't have to convince players, you know, we've got, if you come to Celtic in the summer, you've got the potential of playing the Champions if we get through the qualifiers. Now, we are there. So, see, see, for the first time this summer, I think you're going to get players that are going to want to come to Celtic yeah. rather than players that Celtic want to come to the club. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I believe. But, because even the publicity surrounding it in that, Barry, like, you know, I'm not going into the bias, like, into the bias media in Scotland, but even in general, I mean, the places about the world in Europe are, what, they've heard that Celtic are back this season, such and such, and they've dethroned Rangers and so on, this kind of thing. So players will be reading this and, They'll be saying, oh, this guy, I mean, pro- players probably knew Ange, I thought, but do you know what I mean? The players will, players will have heard the Ange Postacoglu before he became Celtic manager. They heard of him now, yeah. Aye, and they've heard him now, and they'll maybe think, this is the kind of thing, that I, look what he's done to wee Matt Orally for for sake of six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. Players that, and it is, the Champions League, working under Ange and things like that, it's a, it's a great character dangling in front of any potential signings. Well, that that's, that's exactly it, man. That's what it's about to say. And the, the the big one is the Champions League. There's no doubt about it. We can't get away from that. It is the elite competition in world football. It's where everybody wants to play. And like I say, next season we are guaranteed to be in that. So these players want to go and play your Real Madrid, your Paris Saint-Germain, your Bayern Munich. It's, it's a massive pull, uh, really. And it puts us in a fantastic position for the transfer window this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, just finished on the court that Ange said, Mark, that's what you're saying. They're the law of Champions League. And recently, Ange said when this um, City Australian lad, uh, is it Riley, is it, decided to go to... Um, Middlesbrough. Chef Chef Middlesbrough. Went, was it Middlesbrough? Yeah. Thank you. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough said, he says, uh, I don't have to sell Celtic to no player. You know what I mean? No. You know, and that's, that's what's going to happen. Like If we get to the Champions League, we don't have to sell our club to the, to a player. Like I mean, They know they were... Well, B club anyway, and Champions League is there. It's going to attract players to come to Celtic, you know. And even if it is Paul, so like a player maybe it is a wee bit, a wee bit special. Even if they come for a year and they move mm-hmm. for, you know what I mean? If they double with their money on them, it's been a good bit of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, just moving on, uh, just a small bit to read there. So, uh, with the player outgoings and expected uh, movement, there's also seems to be movement. In the wrong and just backroom staff, John Kennedy recently came out and said he's not interested in the vacant Hibs jobs after former Celtic manager uh, player Sean Maloney was sacked after only six months of the job. Already, Ange has added to his backroom staff since coming into Celtic. He's brought in sports science Anton Macron. He's also brought in Antonio Ortigo, who will help with the player uh, recruitment and opposition analysis. Angel Celtic now we're looking to improve our scouting department with head of scouting operations, uh, Lana Harf. Uh, the new role they're looking for is a first team recruitment analysis. Lahav, who was used to working this role as he previously worked with uh, Atessa at Arsenal, uh, he worked with Brighton, he worked with Millwall, sees this as the new way of Celtic need to be scouting their, their players, looking at their data, their analysis, all their kind of stats mark before they look at the stats before they look at the player. Do you get me? Aye, you aye. See, see if this player would suit Andrew's system before they go looking at him. Uh, this pl- these 
the respons- responsibilities of this new uh, employee will be to scout the analysis, scout, then scout the player, and then bring their findings of the players back to Ange and back to Harv, and then they'll go scouting the player. So not only, Mark, are, are we seeing changes in the the players, Mark, but behind the scenes, like we were always saying, like, this seems to be not happening behind the scenes, but clearly, and, and Jack Nicholson and our new uh, head of sports, sports operations, Celtic seem to be changing the way they do stuff since Ange came into the, the club. That's a, it's a modern way, Paul. I mean, see these guys that are crunching these numbers. Computer geeks, really, Paul, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a science these days. I've spoke to you before about it. Everton, Everton used this kind of stuff for donkey's years and even used the stats and stuff out of football manager as part of their scouting of players and things like that. But the school of science, it was, it was called. And more, more and more, Paul, we've spoke about it with Gavin Stratton. This is what mm-hmm. he does. And obviously he's got a bit of a football brain, but these guys in the background and that, they do these kind of analysis things. You... I've said to you, Paul, see all this Times G9 stuff that they talk about with the analytics on Twitter. I've not got a clue what they're on about. That we had boys analytics. Oh, really, yeah. I've not got a clue. You're the man for all that kind of stuff. But it's just a modern game. And it's the way Celtic needs to needs to progress and keep up to date with the modern game if they want to keep at the top of, at least in the Scottish game. We've got, mm-hmm. we've got the money to get. We've got the money and, and the kind of... People in the place, hopefully, Paul, with Ange looking at things in that, they'll see what's wrong with that side yet and change it. Does our scouting system, going by previous years, Barry, like we, we, we saw Peace Lord kind of do most of our signings, and Barry, we know the scouts have recommended players to him, but he kind of, we've seen over the years he went for the cheaper option or a thing like, does our scouting system need to be changed, Barry, and is this the way to go? Like, go by all the player stats first and then go look at the player and then see if he matches the stats that, that they see on, on him. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Well, it's like it's like Mark says, Paul. This is modern football. You know, mm-hmm. gone are the days whereby you'll you'll go in and you're taking a, a local game or a game down south, and you'll say, oh, you know, their number seven looks a bit handy. I'll mention him to the team. It's like I say, it's all data and analytics. And I think going back to January, Matt O'Reilly apparently he had some of the best numbers in the in the country, mm-hmm. and scouts from your top your top elite level. Premier League clubs were all very well aware of Matt O'Reilly because of the, the numbers he was producing. It just seems to be the modern way. Well, you know, like, like I say, it's, it's not it's not about going and, and scouts going to watch matches and, and looking at what I think. They're actually looking at numbers, statistics, data. Not, you know, it's, it's a complicated game now. I, I'm just wondering, Paul, are you, are you going to be applying for this job? Because I could really see you over in these, these exotic countries with Scouting these players, they, 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 they better have shade of eye because I'm like, <laughs> 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 you know, but like not only do I mark, but I just with Jabari Senior about wee Matt Orley, Paul. I mean, he, as we spoke about before, but he caught what I remember scouting them belly doing it. Fulham, Fulham, I Fulham. No, I mean, yeah. that shows you how long Celtics. Like holding even like the data and stuff like that on players, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, not only do I they looking for this role in the first team act, they also have this role for the youth. So they're not only applying it to the first team, they want a similar person in to do the same role, scouting young players from 16 to the age of 18 to bring them through the, the youth academy up into Chris McCart's uh, calls team. You know, so... Like this is this is going back to how we spotted the likes of of Johnny Kenny from uh, from from Sligo. All these young players, Mac, that that you don't see. Do you get me? You don't see aye, these young players. Just, team, Mac, like, no, I was going. Aye, that's what I was going to say there, Paul. Seeing this modern world of scouting and that, Paul. Mm-hmm. Do, you think, do you think George Best would have get fun? Like Mac, it's true what you said uh, when when, when Bob Munich signed Lad Morrison. They didn't come over and see Morrison play. Morrison was. Reported to back to to Bayern Munich by by a scout with stats. Look, this fella here is going to be a star. Do you know what I mean? You know that's how it works. Aye, though, isn't aye, it? but I mean, right, but honestly, in in this day and age, do you do you think George Best would have been found as some wee guy in a park? No, no, most definitely not. But Barry's saying there's no. I, I I mean I don't know. I've said before about my wee pal Fiaki's on in that, but. It used to be a lot of these players, Paul, over the years get their kind of breakthrough with a nod and a wink kind of thing for going through the school system. What Barry done? What, I mean, Barry, what happened to you? You went through the school system, through the districts, and then get picked up, wouldn't it? That's exactly, that's the way it did. That's the way it, and the thing is, you, you played kind of in the, uh, with your boys' clubs up till about the age of, well, to be honest, you played with your boys' clubs right until you went full time. I was playing boys club football until 16 and that's it was, it was when uh, I was 16 that I went full time at Dundee uh, it's, it's, obviously it's different now because they've got football academies and these you know, I've spoken about it before these kids are in at, at football clubs at 7, 8 year old you know you look at now I think it was, it was Callum McGregor I think he was in aye, aye. 8 year old it's, and, it's slightly different now and probably was not allowed to play for his school team because I, even I, I can remember that there was players yeah. there was players at our school and that that were tied on by Hibs and Dundee United and things like that. Why was that? 
in case they weren't in case something to do with that Paul if it, I can I distinctly mean it was, it was Hibs I'm sure that done it they weren't it because the scout was uh, I don't know Barry if you've ever heard him Graham Livston he was like Dundee United's yeah, main I scout I for years he was wee Paul Hartley's assistant manager for when he mm-hmm. took on his first managerial job as well but he was a Dundee United scout at Holy Cross but I'm sure it was it was Hibs that done it that if you were saying to Hibs that you couldn't play for a you couldn't play for the school team of like the district and things like that. Yeah, they had like the clubs had a big say, so it was like um, you know for, for like I said there, you know if you were tied to a club like signed on what they called an S form back there, the schoolboy form, they could stop or yeah I think they could stop you playing for example a Scottish Cup match for your local team, uh, you know. Sometimes I'm sure you've seen them across the years, Matt. There were some battles in Scottish Cup ties. So they would say, "Nah, he's not playing in that. You pull him from that team. He's not playing. We're not risking that. Oh. We're taking a risk." Uh, and that, that's the way it happened back then, Paul. That, that's the way it happened. They had the power to do that. Like I say, those days are the past now because kids are now in the academy from a really, really young age, and they've developed through these academies as opposed to boys' club football. Do mm-hmm. uh, also. I, I found this strange, Mark, but then I'm looking to where Ange came from in, in, in the, the, the J-League and, and, and Australia. I think maybe it could be something big over there. They're looking at a, a well-being specialist uh, who will look after the mental health of players throughout the season. Uh, with the high intensity, I think, of Ange's system, uh, players will get fit, fatigue. And if we saw with lockdown, Mark, with the pandemic, how, how players suffered playing over not socialising thing like I've I have kind of never heard of a role like like this before have you sorry sorry Paul can you go into that I'm trying to look at it alright but Celtic's looking for one now yeah yeah Um, the mental health of players I I, I think Paul I think that's just modern big companies isn't it really to help with Back in the day, hassling women, yeah. what that kind of equal rights yeah. stuff, they've all got to be bang on with that kind of stuff now, haven't they? Back in the day, man, that would have been your club chaplain. Remember? Yeah. You got club, you got Aye. club chaplains that would come in, and if there was any, but but obviously, Paul, well-being, it's it's Speaking. mental health, it's exactly. a massive thing now in the world. Um, so I completely understand and. You know, we've had our own club, Lee Griffiths. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, he's had mental health issues. I'm sure there's a, a host of other players that, that are, are suffering in some parts. So I completely understand. I think it's like, that's a good thing. I think it's a mm-hmm. good route to go down to make sure that the players have, are, are healthy in body and mind. Do any other department, Mark, you think Ange needs to, uh, to do? And uh, don't say direct to football because there's no. <laughs> so we're not going down, down the director of football routes alright there's one thing I say about the director of football routes right is that if Celtic are going down that route it won't be called the director of football it'll be called and, and head, be called, of, head, head of recruitment no, or something no, like that he'll be, be head of operations and head of operations he's in the club already and it's Jay Laharve he will come the head of football operations Mark because when you read up about this fella and what he did with Arsenal and what he did at Brighton, what he did at Millwall, not only is he just a, a brilliant scout, but the fella has inside of a footballer's brain, do you get me? 
So if Celtic are going down, that this fella will, I guarantee you this fella will be the one that, that will step up in, in that role. Paul, so, Paul, can I ask you a question, mate? Mm-hmm. Sorry, excuse my ignorance. See the guy you'll have that you're talking about, was he at the club before Ange or has, has Ange been part of the... No, he was there. He was already there. Yeah, he okay. was there, but when okay. he was, he was, he was toured to... Uh, what's the fella's name? Is it Hamid and uh, and get Jerry Penrice? He, he was he came in with them. He okay. came in with okay. them, but he only kind of came in as um, he said consulting role, mm. Barry to to, get, to Jerry Penrice. He came in just right. kind of like, like a scout kind of roles down down the thing, recommending players then. But when 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 he when the fella Hamid left, he stepped up. And then when Jerry Payne was like, there was no one there. And at the start of the season, Mark, you were the same as me. We were going, we've no scouting system. Who's there? And who's there? Like, and then when I started looking at it, like, this fella then was actually appointed the head of scouting operations. But you know when, what I would say, Paul? You know what I would say? Like, with regards to, to talking about um, head of recruitment, talking about director of football, and whatever's happening just now at the football club is working. Yeah, exactly. You know? Now, now, Anne just said, you know, he likes to get hands-on in a lot of things. So, again, kind of going back to the point, whatever happens, like, off the field now, I've spoken about on the field, whatever happens off the field, I'm very happy and comfortable that, like, because Anne will play a big part in this. So, if he decides, you know what, I wouldn't mind a coach in with me. I'm quite happy with that. If he decides, you know what, I don't need anybody in my coaching staff, I'm happy with um, Gavin Strachan, John Kennedy, I'm, ha- I'm, com- I'm very, very comfortable that whatever happens over the mm-hmm. summer, on the field and off the field, it'll be for the, the good of the club and it'll be, because like I say, look what Andrew's done without all these people at the minute. Exactly. He's, he's turned our club around. Mm-hmm. Where it was, if you turn the clock back 12 months, guys, from where our club was, the state that it was in, Andrew's done a remarkable job, an incredible job to get where we are today. So, like I say, whatever he's done, for the football club now, if he thinks actually we could, I, I would like to tweak it slightly and bring in this guy and, br- and bring in that guy. Great. If he thinks to himself, you know what, I'm quite happy with the way things are. Great. Like I say, I, I am fully comfortable with the manager and the guy we've got in charge, the guy at the helm. Whatever he does is be for the good of the club, and we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Like just going what Barry said there, Mark. Like seems seems to be working and. When when you read up and like if you if if you click in Jay Lahav and you, it comes up a few stories, himself and Ange actually seem to be working with each other. Do you get me? There's no one signing players without Ange's permission, but the players are being rec- recommended, and it's the two of them combined seems to be. Well, Paul, see, bro, I would like to think there's somebody to help manage it, Paul. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah, because we were always saying it, Mark. We it just seemed to be doing everything. Aye, yeah, and everything he was doing this. When you when you walk through it, Mark, he, he uh, Jay Lahav is actually having a big, I won't say a big, but huge impact on the players Celtic are bringing in. You know. Well, good. That's good to hear, honestly, Paul. Because as I've said, I was just saying that I've never liked to thought of and just have everything been on Ange, apart from even the fact, Paul, that I just keep saying like we're putting all our eggs in the one basket. And for me, the manager, the head coach, or whatever you want to call him, shouldn't he be worrying about stuff like to get what I mean? He should have input, a lot of input if he wants a lot of input, but it shouldn't the responsibility, of the day to day kind of transfers, and that shouldn't it be on his shoulders? Exactly. 
Exactly. Mark what about yourself, Sister Annie? Like he seems to be very happy with the coaching staff, right? I don't think Mark he he will. He seems to be looking at different departments within uh, the club. Uh, that, it seems to be in the club, it seems yeah. to be like the wider kind yeah. of yeah. wider spectrum of the club. I mean, Paul, we have to keep maintaining John Kennedy. I know you had a bit of a problem with him, but you have held your hands up, Paul. Oh, John Kennedy's job is today, but the, the, his boss tells him today. If it doesn't work out, it's not really John Kennedy's responsibility. So I was actually happy to read the other day, Mark, that uh, John Kennedy uh, withdrew himself from 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 the head job. You know what I mean? The because is. We want, we want, I, I want, I, no, I want stability at the club, Mark. You get me? You know, and there seems to be a working relationship now. Like, like, like what Barry says, everything that's at the club is working. And yeah, and and you can even see the closeness between yeah, them, Paul, exactly. and the touchline, where yeah, there was a exactly. distance between them and you know, Lennon like, last year and things like that. You know, like, I just don't want things to be falling back. And if, if things are working, Mark, don't fix it. You get me? Bye. You know, uh, before we talk about Sunday's game, Barry, we're just going to pop back to uh, uh, Sunday's 2 0 victory over, over Ross County. Look, we knew, we knew it was going to be a tough game. Uh, we slogged it out, we got an early goal, but we, we controlled the game. I don't know where BBC Scotland got it, where Sky Sports Scotland got it, that Celtic had a Norvi win over Ross County when it was nice and day that we we controlled this. Uh, but the movement for me of, I was always, since we signed Mida, I wanted to see Mida and Kyogre play together. And the movement, the passing, just the connection between the two Japanese players, Barry, it was just a joy to watch. Even Yasa, you know, the front three. Yeah, yeah. you know what, Paul? I thought it was a really accomplished professional performance. Um, I don't think it was nervy. I think we were very, very comfortable in the game. Listen, it had the potential to be a banana skin. But, you know, when you get to this stage of the season, there is there tend to be difficult matches. Everybody, mm-hmm. the thing is, in the top six, everybody's playing. Apart from Hearts, everybody's playing for something at the minute. But Hearts will need to keep ticking over for the Scottish Cup final. But you know, it did. It is one that sits with the fans, and even myself. I hope my hands before it. You're thinking, you know, God, I hope we get an early goal. I hope we settle in here. You don't want to give the the team across the city any sort of encouragement, any sort of sniff. But I thought it was a very, very good accomplished performance. We made life. A wee bit more difficult than for ourselves with not taking the chances in the first half, but getting the early goal, you know, we should have been two or three up at half ma- time. It didn't materialise. But a match sharp, we a match sharp. Can you go there, Barry? We were three or four up in the first half, mm-hmm. probably, wasn't it? He tried to be cute. He tried to not make that cute. That was just him being too cute. Tried to not make a keeper that didn't come off anywhere else, and that's a goal for him. It was just a wee bit. Be by a poor decision for him. That that hour that he had will have done him the wonder of good because he again he got a wee bit of flack for the, the, the semi final match. But what well, bear in mind he'd only played something like twenty minutes in the last four months before that. But you could see he was even a wee bit more sharper than he, he was uh at Hamden that day. But like I say, I mean I don't think Hart made a single save in the match. I can't or I mm-hmm. think they had one shot on target for you. You're pretty decent with the stats. I think they'd one on target, but it was one that just rolled into his arms. But a great performance uh, for me. Uh, three points, a vital three points. It kind of 
for me, that's it now. You know, I, I, I don't see the slot pops. I thought to myself, if, if we did drop and give them a wee sniff of blood and, you know, things don't go away this Sunday, it could be an early ending. But I think that that performance for me just sort of hammers home that for me, I, I think we're, we're almost there. Like, Matt, you, you think with the, the last time we, we played Ross County, it was the last, last minute goal that we had to guess. But yeah, it was an injury time goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it could have been four or five, near the half time, like you said, uh, a fish, Kyogo, you know, but like, it was an all round brilliant display, Mark. Like, and I don't know how uh, people said we it never, was an all win. No, we never. It was nervy, Paul, but it's a point that we were only one nothing up. Yeah, and anything, yeah. anything stupid could happen. A penalty, a cross into the box, or a corner into the box, and the defender slips or something like that. that so it was a, I can see why people are saying it was nervy. But oh, apart from the actual only being up one nothing, we, we were in control of the game. We were never, we never really looked hassled or anything like that. So it was a brilliant all-round performance, but. It was nervy just because it was still at the one nothing and anything can happen at that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, who stood out, Mark Sun, did you think for you? I think the whole team in general played well. But well, I thought Jota really. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a lot of people, no, the one again, I'll stick a lot of people who'd been off the boil and things like that and said that he'd to step up. We to know the what plate. he can do, that, exactly. We know what, we know <laughs> what he can do, uh, that, but he wasn't people sure. People were saying he needed to step up and give us a performance and he set up a goal and he scored a goal as well. So. We can't, can't really fault him for that, so I was really impressed with him. And to be fair as well, I thought G, for Yota's goal, I thought Yakimaki's done brilliant with that. That was kind mm-hmm. of, although I hit the bar and that, but that was like a real, what we've said, Paul, a real poacher's goal. Mm-hmm. See, see what Paul you talked about, and you're quite right to talk about the, the movement of uh, Maeda and Jota. See Yakimaki's movement in the box, it's absolutely brilliant. It really is brilliant, and I don't think he gets. Well, he doesn't not get credit, you know, because he's really chipped in with the goals and stuff. But see his movement. See if he moves and he doesn't get the ball. He's right away. He moves again. He doesn't stand still. And I think it goes a wee bit unnoticed because of the way that Maeda. Sure, I, I think I think we I think we kind of expect him to be like a target man, but he's yeah, got a lot. Yeah. He's got the total complete opposite of you know Kyogo. He but he's got a lot more. There's a lot more his game than just being a target man. He, he reminds me of. Um, a rude Van Nistelrooy. Never, he always moved round in the box and he knew where the ball was going. You know, like, Gia Marcus goals, they're like, they were all his first touch. First I touch know, goals. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's instant that he has, like, you know, and, and he doesn't stop either. Like, we all said, when we signed him, like, is he, like, what you said there, Mark, was he a target man? And, and then we were giving him stick because, Mark, we thought he was a target man. He's the total opposite of what he brings to the game is, is, is brilliant. He's like, you know, a, he has, he's like, you're saying, Paul, and he's like a poacher. And yeah. Because he's sizing that, we all thought he was just going to be this big, muscly target man, but he's got that poacher's instinct. And that's probably yeah. how he ended up the top goal scorer in Holland last year. Mm-hmm. Like, by going by what you said, like, every game's going to be tough, like, and, and stuff like that, but it's, it's crucial, like, wins of a win's a win, it doesn't matter how you win, it's, it's just not giving them a sniff before Sunday. Uh, that's exactly it. Uh, and you know something, but, but what, what what I was looking at was, before the game on Sunday, if we can see this out, you know, this is before a ball was kicked, I was thinking to myself, there, there would be four games remaining, we would need to drop points in three of those four games mm-hmm. to not win the league. And that that's the sort of 
the angle I was looking at it. If we can get through the Ross County game, get three points, we'd need to look, we'd need to drop points in three of the last four games, which I don't see happening. Because no. it's just it's no glory harm, Barry. Really, because look, look, the teams we're going to be playing. Like this is going to be one of the toughest games because we know Ross County were going to pack the defence, and it's up to Celtic to break them down, and that's what we did. You know what I mean? Aye, and that's Paul. That's why the things that Celtic struggled with. We were struggling with underlining all these packed defences and we spoke mm-hmm. about it. We needed players that could provide wee bits of spark and that and Jota done it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to next the two days, three days time. Uh, Celtic are getting closer and closer. Uh, Six points clear if we win on Sunday. It's nine points clear. Uh, Celtic have a superior goal difference of, of plus 21. Uh, it's a big, big game. Look, before we t- t- talk about that, Barry, like, what have we learned from the semi-final and what do you think Ange has to do going into this game? Well, obviously the semi-final, Paul, was a massive disappointment. And I'll be honest, I don't know what you guys... I never saw that coming. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, I, I, I didn't either. I thought we were going to steamroll them. Uh, I was a bit disappointed that it seemed to be us that were the tired team. Uh, it seemed to be us that they were tired. And that's, I mean, listen, you can lose these games. Things happen, but I just thought it was all teed up for us to really walk over the top of them. Um, I just think, you know, there's a massive incentive for us now to, to really go and, you know, stick a dagger in their heart, you know, for want of a better phrase. We've now got the opportunity in front of our own fans and from a massive crowd to go and really grab the, the, the one that will get us the title in all but, but name. So we'll be nine points clear. And there's just that massive incentive in it, you know, to go up against your, your biggest rivals um, to effectively clinch the league. There's just that incentive there that I fully expect the players to be massively up for this game. The crowd are certainly going to be up for it. And I, I like to think we're going to win. We're going to win this game on Sunday. That's what I see happening. Uh, and it'll be party time at Parkhead. Mark, what does Ange do uh, with the front three? We saw... Some some great mu- movement by Merida and Kyogo uh, uh, against Ross County. They, they started creating space. The high press was at its best with the two of them there. We, we spoke that with the two of them there that the high press would work. Does he go with Kyogo, Merida, Yasa, or does he go with Merida, Giamakis, or Yasa? I'd be going with Giamakis, Paul. Mm-hmm. I would start with I would start with uh, Maida, Giacomakis and Yota. And let Giacomakis mm-hmm. we're talking about there about a billion with them and then if we, if we need it we'll get Kyogo but even if we don't <coughs> bring Kyogo in to run them ragged for the last half hour or so. Mm-hmm. But I'll definitely start with Giacomakis. Because what we saw Barry from Giacomakis back in, um, in in February is that he harassed McGregor, you know, that's our defence, you know. No, it never, it never gave them a minute, it, it didn't. Even, and Rogic, I keep saying it, Rogic, I was immense in that first half at Ibrox, and he just didn't turn up in that cup, cup game, Barry, do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was unplayable in that first half at Ibrox, and I was on here saying he definitely needed to start the cup, but it didn't turn up, so no. did you I, take I a risk for him on Sunday? 
you know what? It's a tricky one. You know, I th- I'm sure, like, I'm sure all of us are going over what teams we would and we're heading would play. I think I would play Rogic on Sunday, and I, I agree with you. Mike. I would play Jackamarcus, but I think Angel play Kyogo. I think he'll play Kyogo. But the reason I would play Jackamarcus is I think the difference from um, the semi-final compared to the two previous leagues, they were a lot more physical. They were getting stuck right in about that, and we didn't really have that presence up top of Maeda. Maeda will chase all day, but we didn't have that sticking point. And I think Jackamarcus gives you that sticking point as well as his work rate. He's also a ball, a, a guy you can hit up top, and he'll he'll hold up for you. For that reason, I would go with Jackamarcus. Uh, but I've just got a sneaky feeling. I think Ange will play Kyogo. Um, but I I think I would go with Rogic. I would play Rogic on Sunday. Who, who would you? Who'd have been worse to play against for you, Barry? Kyogo or Giacomakis? Every day of the week, Kyogo. You know what? See, see you ask any centre-half at six... I mean, not that I was a centre-half, but you ask any centre-half at six foot four, who do you want to play against? you want to play against a guy that you're going to mix it with? Or a guy that's just going to no give you a second, going to kid, always running behind? You pick the physical guy every day of the week. Because you back yourself. A guy at six foot four will back himself up against the, you know, all due respect, the Jack or, you know, any other Aye. physical striker. You're not backing yourself up, it can run 100 metres in you're, 12 you're settings not, or something like as, that. As a, as a defender, you're not wanting a guy that's going to run in behind you every single time the opposition's got the ball. Um, so, who's going to play? I, I've got a sneaky suspicion it'll be Kyogo, but I just think Jack Marcus brings that physicality. But, but from a Celtic point of view, forget about them. You know, from a seller point of view, he's a guy that you can get the ball up to, you'll hold it up, and you can bring other guys in, like your Yotas, your Rogic's, your Maeda's, if he plays. Uh, he's a focal point up front that I think we need on Sunday. It's a tough one, because you can see far and against the ball players, Barry, do you get me? You can oh, see why, why, why he's playing, and that's good to have that. That's, a, that's, a good, that's Paul, that's exact. That's yeah. what we're saying, we're talking about we need another striker, that maybe. That's the kind of difference, that's the kind of plan A and plan B that we've always said we need. And the thing is, whoever he plays, I'm sure the supporters will not be disappointed with the outcome. If he goes with Kyogo, I'm sure the supporters will be happy, right, we'll go with that for an hour and, and bring Jack and Marcus on. If he decides to go with Jack and Marcus, then it's the opposite, you know, great, give Jack and Marcus an hour to, and then we'll bring the wee man on. So it's, it's a great headache to have, and like I say, I'm sure the supporters will not be disappointed whatever lineup he picks. Now, the reason I think... Uh, Andrew go with Kyogo and Mead and Yasser is because I think Mead and, and Kyogo Mark will will terrorise that defence with their running and they won't give him a sniff on the ball and you see like I think Rangers defence had too much time the ball last time and I think that the, the two lads will just create too much space as well that players will be able to get in in and around the box you know, I, uh, be, like if he, I mean, I, I was surprised that he started at weekend, Paul, after I'm saying he was a bit tired and things like that. But see when we've got like a fully fit Kyogo, Hatati and Maida in the team, see the mm-hmm. players playing together. Now that's going, for me, that's going to be some, that really, that could be something really Wait. special when they're up and running and really playing in sync with each other. But just what you're saying on Hiyasa, Mark, and I, I made a thing about him as well, like that. He said to himself he's starting to feel the effects of a long season in the J-League market, now playing six months in in Scotland, and basically he has no rest. I think 
he needs he needs rest. Uh, that, uh, that's Paul, especially when I'm coming out and saying that, Paul, that's what I'm saying. I was surprised yeah. they started at the weekend against me, Ross County. For me, just because of how physical uh, the old form Rangers won the last game, Mark, I'd actually play Tomball in there because he's used to that physical side of the game in, in Scotland. I, I'm, I, I don't know. It's Turnbull just... I was delighted with seeing them, Paul, and I, I like him as a player, and he's one of the players that I really want to succeed, but I don't see, he doesn't really offer much for me, Paul, he does, really doesn't he? Yeah, but we saw then that, that Tom uh, O'Reilly and Logic can't really play together either, because they don't kind of put that protection either on... You know what, Paul? I agree with you. I would play Turnbull. Like, Turnbull was in my team that I picked for Sunday. I, I just mm-hmm. think, I think Hattie, listen, the early part of his career at the start of the year, we could see what a player he is and what a player he's going to be. But for me, he's fell off it for a number of weeks now. Uh, even mm-hmm. the game against St. Johnson where he scored, I, I don't think just now Hattie is impacting games. I don't think he's not getting on the ball in, in a, a positive way. He's not really doing a great deal in the defensive. I think he's needing a break now. You know, bear in mind he's played he's played about eighteen months solid football. So for me, if I was going to bring in somebody to replace Hattie, for me it would be Turnbull. I would go with Turnbull, McGregor, and Rogic. That would be my three. Breaking sorry, sorry. It's having a sandwich, Jack. Nothing to eat. <laughs> I would. I. I. I'd go. To, I think. Think so as well, but I'd go to him just because he's used to used to the, the and I, I think they're going to be the same as they were in the semi final. They'll test him. They'll test the referee. We all know who the referee is. They'll test him, and they'll go in for strong tactics as well, Mark. And we saw with Celtic players, Mark. They don't like the the physical side no, of the games either. That's that's the big worry again, Paul. So I mean it's. We're sitting there, we're talking about who we play, and then do we go back to, did you put Beaton in there to do that, the job that we know he can do, to let McGregor push up front as well? As I, I don't know if any of you guys have heard it, but I, 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 I've been told that Beaton's out for the rest of the season. I've heard that, that as well, but yeah. nothing's but ever actually come out yet. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. So I, I, the one thing that I felt, that, well, that, that it was clear for everybody to see they were a lot more physical than they'd ever been in the last two. And But you know what? For me, it's all about Celtic on Sunday. See if we go out and take the game by the scruff of the mm-hmm. night. I can't mm-hmm. see how they live with us. we never done that in the semi-final. We, we, didn't, we never took a grip of the game from the start, uh, which I thought we were going to. But if we go out this Sunday, in my opinion, if we go and take the game by the scruff of the night, buoyed by the crowd, the crowd will be behind us. If we get up for it, and go to I, I don't see how they live with us what, kind of whatever team we put out to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. uh, one player we know that's going to be out uh, and he's injured uh, is Jovanovic he spoke about Jovanovic doesn't seem to get a hold of these derby games didn't he know he always kind of is like, a, what is it they call it, a deer caught in the headlights, didn't it? That's the same. Aye, aye. I, would, I, I think, I, I'm not saying it's a good thing Ranovich is injured, but I think it's a good thing that it's going to, it's going to be Ralston playing in there on Sunday. 
not going, not not kind of overlapping. Like we, so I spoke about that to you numerous times on the podcast. What Ralston actually brings to the team, you know. But you look in the opposite side. We criticise Taylor for not doing this. I know it's the opposite. You see Taylor overlapping Yasser, creating that space. So, like, Ange wants to have like a, a five-man attacking midfield. Like, you know what I mean? The five attackers and with Ralston and Taylor. He's going to get that, but then pushing forward. You know? But the only problem then is, if they're doing that, you're going to be caught with, if you play Hayate and Logic, you're going to be caught there for pace. You do? Me, Paul? Yeah? You never said to you were strong here again. Oh, did you? I never heard you. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying again? What time for this live chat? We're going on about Yasser, like that, you know, sorry, Yovanovic, that he doesn't provide the the attacking sense that, that Radson brings to the team, getting beyond no, Yasser, getting no, beyond the definite, no. And then we criticise Taylor to start the season, but now Taylor starts doing that, all right? So Taylor's providing waste to Yasser, or no, no to me either, so there's more space there. But my only problem is that with Andrew's system, he likes the five attackers to be pushing up, but if we're going to play... Rodjek and Hiyase, who was tired, were going to get caught in the counter-attack because there's going to be no one there, you know? Well, that's where we're saying, Paul, that we need a kind of a defensive midfielder in there. Mm-hmm. We can't play McGregor in that role, we really can't. That's Most definitely not, that's, 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 that's just Disney work, Paul, it really Disney. And I think because he hasn't played all season, and... I think it'd be a big risk and it'd be a, a bold move by Ange to put Gucci in there. Okay. You know? oh, I don't see him doing that now, Paul. No, but it's like no. saying it'd be a bold. But like we spoke of a player, Mark, who... Sorry, I, I got to Barry in this one. But Barry, we spoke about a player who, who loves a physique player and we question where does he fit in. Like, But for this type of physical game and, and tackles, the ID player on the, on the bench is James McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know something, it's funny, I had the same conversation with a friend of mine, but for me, you, you can't play James McCarthy in these uh, game, no. games unless you, unless you've got a different system. See, see, if you were to play McCarthy and McGregor in there, but that that's under a completely different system, that makes sense. But when you've only got one, you can't play James McCarthy because he's not good enough on mm-hmm. the ball, or he hasn't been good enough on the ball this season. His distribution has not been good enough. I understand what Mark's saying and, and other people have said with regards to um, you know, McGregor playing in that, but for me, I still like McGregor in there because of, of how good he is at controlling the game of football. It's a catch-22, isn't it? Because, you know, uh, uh, going slightly off-topic, you look at somebody that, that could like really step up, it would be somebody like a Lewis Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Lewis Ferguson type player in that role, which, which I, th- I think no, that's JFP's wee antenna will be twitching sitting there near during <laughs> the night. <laughs> There'll be that somebody's talking about Lewis Ferguson. I, you, you know something, Mark? I just think it really makes I, sense. I know it really you know, does. I Barry, million percent, but materializes or not, I don't know. But it really makes sense for that style because we don't have one. And you know, but when you look at it, we are very likely in there. Very, very. Yeah, because like if you look at Beaton, would change that. But I don't see Beaton playing a part on Sunday. I don't. No, no. I, I don't either because it doesn't. Uh, probably, the, I mean, the rumours don't come from anywhere. He's not been near the squad, even on the bench or mm-hmm. not. So it does look as if yeah. 
ich bin injured, whether it's a long term injury, we don't know, but I think he's pretty obvious that he is an Ange. Ange plays A-cards close to his chest, he didn't yeah, mention he injuries and stuff, sir. Yeah, he doesn't give out this information, you know? You know? I mean, for, like, for all last season and that, I, I was on here ranting and raving that McGregor should be the man controlling the tempo of our game in that, rather than Scott Brown. And now I'm saying that I don't like him playing that kind of deep-lying role, but as Barry's talking about, it's like, if you've got two men in there, you can kind of put Barry saying about McCarthy and yeah, McGregor, but that's like playing two midfielders. But do we go then, Rice? Do we go, like, McCarthy, McGregor and Tomlin? No. No, 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 not for me, Paul, because if that's your... He's still going to throw McCarthy into the game. No, He's no. Not, I don't need to shut you off for that, Paul, but, but uh, I know we're just blathering about the game, but there's no way in the world that he's just going to throw James McCarthy into this game and Sunday out of the blue. No, no, no I'm just showing out like... No, I, I know that. that that's what I'm saying. I don't mean to just slap you down by saying that. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that realistically it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, like, you know what I mean? You know? Cause if you go back to a few years ago when it was uh, under sort of Brendan Rodgers, you had Scott Brown and Olivia and Cham in there. And they were a good combination in the sense that and Cham was able to go and play football and Brown would patrol, you mm-hmm. know, deeper line one. He'd get physical, he'd get in people's faces and let him play. Unfortunately, we don't play that system now. So, so it is a three in midfield. Okay. We've got to try and find that balance. Whilst you're right, Paul McCarthy would give you that steal, that dig. He'd get stuck in about it. He wouldn't close down. It's the other side of this game that's unfortunately this season been lacking, and that's his distribution. And he's never played. So, so I mean, we're talking, talking hypothetically here, but let's be honest. Like Mark said, he isn't going to play. He's not going to. I mean, he might not even get on the bench, but he's not going to be. And Andrew's thoughts about playing on Sunday. I don't. Do you know what? Do you know what, Barry? Like you're, you're looking in. You're saying there, like, at the moment, we, we, we don't have this player. And if if you look in the, the, the Colts team and you look at Bosman Law, he's a defensive midfielder. He's playing that role in the Celtic B team. He's not, a, like, people think Bosman Law, Mark, is a centre-back. He's not a centre-back. He's a defensive midfielder. No, you're right. Oh, I thought he was a centre-back. No, he's a defensive midfielder. And, and, and he was only filling in at the centre-back, I think, that time because there was an injury to Dan Murray. And that's why he was filling in. Like, no, there's Paul, players coming through the ranks. He's been, he's, there. Centre, he's been playing centre half all season. Well, he has. Um, no, but, but he no, was it's the game, though. He, he wasn't playing. It was uh, Julian and thing, and he was. Maybe that was. Maybe that was. The, maybe that was in, the squashed. Uh, squashed Julian into the team, yeah, no, but, Paul. That's, that, but that's actually his role. Like, is is the defence? Uh, yeah, but but he, yeah. he was signed as what by Watford as a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. He's a sort of powerhouse in midfield. That's, that's where he but, plays for the the Irish on the twenty ones as defensive midfielder. Mark. A bit of Christopher Ayer, then. Yeah, into next season, it might be in in Andrew's thoughts and plans, but. You know, in the, in the media uh, interim, you know, he's obviously not going to step up for Sunday. It's the, one, it's the one area that we're really lacking in this, that, that the player to play that role. I wouldn't say it's an area we're lacking in, Paul. It's the specific role it's we're looking player. for. Uh, yeah, it's a specific... I was saying, Mark, like, why did he sign Gucci for? Do you get me? I can't understand why he signed Gucci and us. I, mean, I don't want to get into the Gucci role again, like, but this is the player that he, this is the role that he's, like, there, there must be something there. 
Is it due to his fitness or is it due down to something? Some kind of injury? Well, I'd say they've just kind of been unlucky. He's training well. He's yeah. it's, I don't... I, just he's, maybe just he because the injuries have failed in the pecking order a bit. Yeah. I, I think he's been unfortunate because obviously... A bit like the belly. Yeah, Ange isn't bringing in these guys to... No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's exactly. bringing them into play. And he got his... Uh, he, he start against Al, and it was a horrendous tackle that, that put him out for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And when you're in, when you're out for a few weeks, and the team are, are playing well, and you know, they're riding on the crest of a wave, it's then difficult to come in. And and bear in mind the the player that that's playing his position right now is Callum McGregor. Are you know are you going to drop Callum McGregor? No, I know, exactly. I know the tendency is to be to put McGregor further forward when he's brought and beat on and and so on and so forth. But you're then asking, you know to take the captain's place. I just think he's been really unfortunate. But I think Gucci will play a part next year. I really do. I don't think Ange would have brought him to the club if he didn't believe he, he should make uh, a big I, I, I agree with Barry on that, Paul. I think it's just maybe... Well, the same, yeah. The, 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 kind of, the stars, signed, the stars have signed, aligned for him, the new kind of we, thing. We signed, we signed him for a reason, Mark. And I, I, I've always said that, like, and this is the reason why we signed him was to play this role. So... Like, maybe still, he maybe in training, Paul is still learning the actual yeah, role that Ange wants to do. Yeah. Just not quite exactly. at that or something. But you know, I agree with Barry. I think he'll be have a big part to play going forward he, for us. He, what, what would your starting lineup be, Barry, for for Sunday? For Sunday, not that I think Ange will do this, but I, I would go obviously Hart in the goal. My back four would be Ralston, Carter, Vicker, Starfelt, Taylor. My three, what I would pick in midfield, I would go Turnbull, McGregor, Rogic, and I would go Hatate, uh, not Hatate, sorry, Maeda, Dracomarkis, and Yota. That would be my team. Mm-hmm. I'd go um, Hart, obviously. Like, the four players that, that you know go to start, uh, no, the five players are the defence, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, that's not going to change. Hart, Rallison, Vickers, Darfield, and Taylor. I went McGregor. Uh, I went to O'Reilly the reason because I think the last couple of games that O'Reilly came on, he, he actually changed it and he brings that more faster pace that Dan Rodgick would bring and I think he he can take it's his a, tackle better because yeah, I think if Rodgick gets a hard tackle, he'll upset his game, Barry. Yeah, it, it's another one, Paul, you know, it's another one if O'Reilly but, plays over Rogic, I'm not Yeah, exactly, it's the exact same, you know, it's exact you know, same with Giamarcus and Kyogo. Reading one player's yeah. are hard for the barrage, you get me? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'd be happy with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, O'Reilly, Tornbill, and I went Yasa, Kyoga, and Mieda. I think, I think they'd be those for three at the start of that, that game. Like, if, if we see Celtic the way we know Celtic can play, like the chain they'll win, and if we play like that, and if we get to the, the ball to the three lads, and if they're pressing them, I, mean, I, I think we could cause fairs trouble. Like we, like they put. We saw when McGregor was put under pressure, Mark, that he started kicking the ball long. He started kicking the ball out of play. They were unsettled, and I think that front three will unsettle them from the start. Like it must be. I don't think McGregor will start for them, Paul. Think so, not? Well, he didn't in the cup game, didn't he? No. No, but was he back and goal at the weekend against Motherwell, wasn't he? Ah, uh, but. Uh, McGregor's not the keeper he was. Uh, that's I know what you're saying. So, see if McGregor's playing, but I think that helps us. But you know, do you know the only reason McGregor played the cup uh, didn't play the cup game is because McLaughlin played all the cup games and Giamarcus kept 
Which they keeps the cup goalkeeper, do you get me? Oh right, I didn't know they'd done that. I thought they'd just been dropped. Yeah, oh wait, no, well, McGregor's not the keeper, we've seen that, do you know what I mean? Even even uh, the game at Ibrox, Paul, Rangers fans were on their Twitter slagging McGregor off for the goals and things like that, so I, I think that's a plus for us if it's McGregor that's in goals for them, just really, he's not the keeper mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you go, Mark? Oh, really, well the front three is the same as Barry. You ought to hear Kamakis and uh, Maida. The only ones were different ones in midfield. I would go McGregor. Got to go with Matt Orley as well. And oh, see, this is a tough one. It's just this one position we all kind of everybody's kind of talking about and disagreeing about, isn't it? Who you put in the third slot? I think you'll play Hattati, Mark. I think he will, yeah. I think it would be. I think it will be. I think that's. I think he will play Hattati. Do you think, right? Do you think, like, if he if he plays Hattati, right? Okay. And how fast we saw Maeda and Kyogo. Do you think maybe that would suit him more the fastball, getting the fastball to them that he's not dwelling on the ball. Then he's getting these fast passes to those players, Kyogo and Maeda. You, you know, sort of. I, I just think all players. We, we just need to start the game. Mm-hmm. That we started back in February. That that's that for me. That that's what's going to be the, the key to the game. If we can start fast and really get going, like like we did at Feb, uh, start uh, February, we beat them three 0 If we can play to that level, I mean, with regards to Hatay, and I know he has been saying, and I, I said, you know, a, a short while ago that he's not been the same player. I do believe that. Exactly. Hopefully, you know, just playing these one games, maybe he is getting a wee bit of recovery back into his body. He's not playing two uh, games a week like he has been. A week's maybe a long time with football, Barry, if you're lying there, no lying there, doing nothing but recuperating for injuries and just training away into it. There's a lot of difference between playing you know, a game two every three the, days or something. That's it, and, and that takes its toll on your body. And, and you know, the, there's the adrenaline that'll get you through these games as well. So... It might be that because there's no doubt about it. Tati is going to be a phenomenal player. We've seen the mm-hmm. the, the glimpses of what what he can offer to the to the team. Um, it's just that, like I say, I think it, we need to remember these guys have played 18 months of solid football. Not only that, when he came to club, you know they were playing to you know twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I do think that he will play Hattati at the weekend and let's just hope that you know his body holds up and he's able to produce a performance like he did a couple of months ago when he was really flying. Do you think maybe, do you think maybe I mean, he's goal, I slag McGregor's goal shooting in that, Paul, as you know, but do you think maybe that comes into Angie's plans? Hattati's really... See the kind of goals McGregor used to score for us? Hattati's, that's his type of goals, isn't it? The he shots to the edge of the area and stuff like that. I mean, he's goals That's against really Rangers. Exactly. He's goals against Rangers with McGregor. That was that was different class. The one just in yeah, the rear post, you know. That's good. Maybe coming into Angie's kind of thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Mark. That the reason he, I think he start with Kyogo and Mieda is that they will open up that Rangers defence so much that it's giving players like Hayase and O'Reilly or Logic to take that shot on. Do you get me? That there's space there from. Do you get me? I know you're meaningful, I. You know, that's what I like about Turnbull as well. Turnbull's not scared to have a dip. No, he'll have a shot. You know, like within, a, within a 25 yards, he's got the ball on his feet. He's letting fly. I think that's the best, Barry, about... And I, and I said to Mark, uh, and Terence was on us as well, I said, that's the best thing about this Celtic team is that there's goals within the squad. Do you get me? You, 
you know, it's one of the most important things, Paul, because yeah. obviously we, we've had, you know, with Jakimakis and, and uh, Kyogo both having long spells on the, the sidelines, it's the other players that have chipped in with goals. Is the fact that we've had goals right throughout the squad. Even Ralston's come up with yeah. a few goals at the start of the season. They've spread and themselves out through the squad, and that, that's been a massive part in our success this season. It's weird, it's weird that considering the amount of goals that we have scored this season, we've not got it's a top. No, but none of our players are the top scorers in the league. Uh, about three goals off top goal scorers. Aye, uh, that's what I mean. But look at the amount of goals we've scored, Paul, yeah. and that wee guy for us. That wee guy for us counties, the top goal scorer said it is. These goals are coming from all different areas. Different areas, and that's good. But, like, like, we're speaking of a front tree, like, but not only a front tree, like, Greg Taylor scoring the Ibrox. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, Greg Taylor, I mean, they lost, uh, no, the Ibrox, do you know what I'm saying, the cup game? I mean, any other time you had your left back scoring a goal to, in an old, a derby game, it's massive, but it's been kind of overlooked, but... I mean, Greg, a, a guy has been slaughtered with Celtic fans popped up with a goal in a derby game like that. Exactly. It just shows you, Paul, that just any any Celtic player at any time is capable of scoring a goal. We need to work, although we need to work better on our set pieces for the usual for Carter Vickers and that to go on the end of. Definitely. And I think, Mark, uh, O'Reilly... Set pieces are, are, I think, I think they're both the best in the club. Aye. Oh, it's fantastic cross. He's a fantastic crosser of the ball. You know, we've got actually the the deliveries have been pretty decent. Yeah, I can put in a good. Uh, even there was a, I can't remember what game it was. I remember a bad was on the corners and his deliveries were absolutely yeah. brilliant. Absolutely like there's a player, there's a player, nobody who can't get into the starting lineup. You know what? He's been a wee bit unfortunate as well because yeah. the, the the game in February he was sensational as well, Abada, um, and he's a right good player. And his time will come. He's still a young man, mm-hmm. um, and I, I've got no uh, qualms at all that, that he'll he'll be a real mainstay for the club because he's an exciting he's an, uh, player. He's, another, he's just going to get better and better, Barry. Better. Like not only Mark is the start lineup going to be important, Barry, but the the bench is going to be important too. Like look. Look who we have now on the bench, rather well, than the, thing, the start yeah. of last season. Uh, do you know what I mean? There's an em- embarrassment of riches on the bench, and, yeah. that's, and like I say, when you look down there, that there's you're looking at there's four or five players that could come on and make a big difference, mm-hmm. and, and that and that's that just shows the depth of the squad. We weren't always fortunate at the early part of the, the season to have, you know, this this squad uh, available to to change games and these players to come off the bench, but. And now we're at that stage, and we're at the stage where it's a vital part of the season, and you do have the, these players that'll come on and make an impact. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of um, uh, post marks saying O'Reilly has to start off over 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 Roger. I, I think I agree with because I think if Roger gets a hard tackle in the start of the game, Mark, that's going to be him out for the game. I don't think Roger's not that type of player, Mark, who who likes. Uh, a kind of a physical tackle on him, and I think O'Reilly will be able to handle this more than because Paul, well, I, I keep going on Rogic is that first half of Ibrox the other week, yeah, and yeah, it was a totally different Rogic that yeah. turned up at Hamden, yeah, but, they targeted Rogic, Mark. They, they uh, didn't did, aye, as I said, Paul, that, be, that game at Ibrox, they be pockets in between the midfield and the attack, it was just it was getting all the space he wanted and was running the mock in there. 
And then at Hamden there, it was just the man was right on him every single time. He didn't get an inch on it, and mm-hmm. he absolutely done nothing really. I'm not slagging him off. He just get marked out the game. So mm-hmm. I would rather go with wee Matt Orally anyway. But I just think as well, as you're saying, Paul, he's a wee bit more physical presence about him. Yeah. And I think that, that we need that, but we don't want to go toe to toe with them. With that, with the physical side of the game, Paul. Let's play football and like play them. Don't get involved you know with the kind of... That, that, that we have to kind of look at too, and I think it's going to be key to to Kyoga and Mieda uh, playing is, in the last game, we saw them bypass our midfield with the long ball, right? And that's kind of how they, they kind of won this battle. Like, I mean, it's not the kind of... I think with the two lads, they won't be able to do that. Do you get me? Aye, the Rangers weren't they? They weren't trying to plays in the midfield. No. The muscle does in the midfield, and you see that big root, big root one, root one, root one football. Like, you know what I mean? You know, um, uh, Bobby Sundance going Hart, Rallison, Vickers, Darfield, Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, Tom, Belmida, Kyogo, Yasha. Kind of all. Everyone's kind of the same bar. Kind of one it's or two players. It's like, just really. It's either it's either Gio Kamakis or Kyogo. Uh, whoever's playing with McGregor and Mima Orally, that's who everybody's mm-hmm. kind of debating into. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only are, are we nervous about the game, uh, uh, we're also nervous about the, the referee, as uh, uh, Beaton was was appointed match referee in the day. Uh, surely things will hopefully might change a bit with the referee station after a horrific shot by Bobby Mann, who was criticised by ex-players in, in Scottish. Uh, they were criticised by former former referees, Mark. Like, Barry, th- that game was one, that was actually the worst refereeing display I ever saw throughout my days watching football. Bobby Madden's game. Last yeah, week. I mean, we've spoken about it on numerous podcasts. I mean, just, just the standard of referee. I mean, for me, listen, I'll be honest, for me, Bobby Madden, he was horrendous. And he was, and I don't think, if you know, I don't think anybody's said different. He didn't make any decisions that cost us the game, in my opinion. No. Some, pe- some people point to the fact that he could have sent Lundstrom off or another. No. And yeah, I get I'm that, bro- but I, I was more our, you know, where we fell down. But, he, I mean, he was. He was terrible. But I just don't think his decisions impacted the result of the game. I, I, I don't. I think we were we were poor on the day. I'm kind of going to disagree a wee bit there with you, Bar- Barry. Hey. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying his decisions impacted the game as such, that's why we lost, but it's the wee daft fouls that keep the stop start the game. But you saw with Clancy, it's all game, keep, it keeps blowing yeah. for these wee fouls and it's stopping and starting. And it doesn't let Celtic build up any rhythm of playing the game. Yeah. I think I, that I affects, I think that affects, I know what yeah. you're saying, no, the, not any major decisions he, really. He never gave a penalty that wasn't a penalty. No, aye, no, aye, but I think the decisions, the way you run, the way you controls the game kind of affects us. It's like, being, it's like being a wee slidey bum. Mark, you know what was interesting though, Mark? Oh, Callaghan went in, uh, in Ross County, Callaghan uh, went in for one second. Clancy left him off. He went in for the second one. Clancy booked him straight away at the second one. And he and that that was the thing. Oh, I, and I said Paul on the live chat, I thought he was going to get sent off that day. Yeah, because I know the yeah. type of player he is, yeah. and then and then he didn't really he didn't really put another kind of dodgy yeah, tackle all exactly. game. And then Mark, that's that's 
proper refereeing by, in my opinion, is lay down the law. If there's a dirty tackle in there, you do it once, you do it twice, you're going to get booked, that's it. And then the, the game then plays the way it should be. I mean, be. did they throw a ball hang? That was bizarre. Yeah, but what you're taking that, actually? Uh, that, was, that was totally bizarre. I, I've not got a clue what that was about. Sorry, what, go, go and refresh my memory. What, what happened there again? I can't remember that. It was just... There was a drop... Nobody actually knows. Oh, he blew up an injury the, to one of the player mark and then he blew I, up and, set, and then he dropped and the it ball just a, the Celtic ball. just dropped the ball Barry maybe 20 yards outside the box and done like a drop ball feeling like a free kicker just a kind of one of the free give the ball back to the aim shot he dropped the ball I don't know well it probably just typifies what was an absolute shot that I've ever performed but even even like I mean I've said Paul people, like, people listening to this we're using that we speak about this all the time even Stodge's decisions against Celtic, we will talk about them. It's nothing like sewer grapes or that, Paul, isn't it, no? When we sit no, and talk about referees, that's just how shite that's We're saying it when we win. Aye, aye, that's, when, why, that's why you need to call it out when you do win and lose, Paul. Even the blocking, blocking down the ball of, of Joe Hart, like, that's a bookable offence. Did you see the one the other night? I don't even know what team it was. It? And the, the keeper ran out with the ball and kind of punched the guy in the face. That was uh, Aberdeen Livingston, wasn't it? The, the Livingston keeper. And the, the keeper was on the ball. It's as if he was going to like, throw the ball. And somebody's been in to block it. And he's kind of kept it on his swung. But he's caught the ball. He's punched the ball in the face. And Aberdeen players went down. And the referees gave that as a free kick to the opposition team. Well, he booked the Aberdeen player, didn't he? Aye, aye. He put a, yeah, aye, he gave the free that, kick against it. I mean, that's just another bizarre decision in Scottish Refereeing and people that think people think VAR's going to help Scottish football. I'm dreading VAR coming in, I really am. Especially when you know who's going to be on it. Like, you know what I mean? I was looking at our referees throughout the season, right? We had Madden seven times, we've beat on six times. This will be joint seven with Madden. Uh, we've won Anderson five, Callum, uh, Willie Callum five, John Robson five, Clancy five, Nick Welch two. And then there's just all small people then going down the line. But the big games that Celtic play, Mark, either it's against Hibbs, Hearts, Aberdeen, it's always three referees. Really call them Madden or Beeson. Seems to be the, the referees for Celtic's big games. Well, that's probably, probably because they're classed as the top referees in the country. Yeah. That's how they're getting the, the top games in the country, do you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I've, many times have I said it, Paul, for me, UEFA should be taking out the refereeing system. That would take, and not just in Scotland, in every country that would take, if UEFA took out the refereeing system across Europe, the European leagues, that would, it would make sure everybody was refereeing at a, refereeing at a level they were competent to referee like and stuff like that. Bobby Madden was going off to ref a match in Greece. Or was that all rumours? I don't know. No, he... You know... No, that was, that was a fake picture, Paul, when it? He was no, going to invite you later. That, that, no, but that was, the, that was the picture went up, but then something at the end of it said, no, no he'd actually go to Greece. I don't, think, I don't think there are any Scottish referees on the UEFA list, surely. Well, I, 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 I think, was there one referee, Mark? Was it Beeson? Was honest a, a couple of, last season, and some manager came up and says he never wants him to ref... Oh, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's one then, aye. You know, uh, 
everything's controversial and see the thing about it in Scotland, Paul, is nobody's going to say I mean, right, let's be honest, McGregor, McGregor was lucky not to get that tackle in the foot the the Derby game. Aye, but mm-hmm. McGregor was lucky with that, right? But you know, see the other side of the coin, Chief Rangers had Chief Rangers had won that. It would be the referee was terrible, he done this wrong, he done that wrong, he done this wrong. But they got a late, late goal and won the game, so the referee had a great performance. Mm-hmm. No, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I wanted that. They will, they will come out and criticize. No, like, no. Like, you know, when we do, like, you know. But Mark, I'm sorry, Barry, it's 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 like what you said, like, fair enough, Madden's performance was bad, like, but he didn't lose us the game, said just didn't turn up. And Celtic need to turn no better place to do it than Celtic Park, a full house, like, it's it's in our hands to to take the title off our neighbours Sunday. Yeah, I mean it's going to be an absolute party atmosphere. The fans are going to be right up for it, and that's I just hope the the players can emulate that because if they do, like I say, if they do, the Rangers will not live with us. Not be able to live with us. For me, it's all down to Celtic. If Celtic turn up, we win the game. If they don't, it could be an interesting afternoon. But well, like I say, if they don't, we'll draw. If we don't, we'll draw. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't even a disaster, really, is it? Because it's just they're just delaying the inevitable uh, of the league win. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect it to be a, a brilliant atmosphere. And if the players can't get up and get, you know, at this team with the fans, sixty thousand fans behind them, then there's something far wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't mm-hmm. expect that to be the case. I really do think that we'll turn up, we'll show the right desire, the right attitude, and Rangers will not be able to live with it. See, in the huddle before the game, Paul, Obi McGregor needs to say to the players is, see that, no, see that film you said at the end of that game at Hamden? This is the time to to bury that ghost. Who's won this today and what happened to Hamden two weeks ago will not matter a jot in your life. This this will be the best day of your life if you win this game today. Because, like, there's there's a lot of media in Scotland, Mark, and, and players are coming out saying, Celtic are, are going through a dip, like, but then you see the game in Ross County, like, we didn't let that affect us, like, so that's what we have to do, Mark, we don't get the, the last derby out of our heads, this is a different game, we have a chance to win the title, let's go do it, you know? Oh, that's hard, Paul, this is the time to exercise the ghost they were harmed, harmed another week, and these players, Paul, we keep saying it, and the turnaround at the club, Paul, for last summer, is it's fantastic, it's unbelievable. Apart from we drunk John, we United Ireland, Paul, nobody could have pre- predicted that we would have won the League Cup, we were going to be actually winning the league with a couple of games even to spare. Like, very sensational, like, isn't it? like, to where we are now, like, to where we are in the summer, we have a chance to win the title. We said at the start of the season... We, we we didn't even know who Ange was, and we were saying we'd be happy to finish second, but close the gap, you know. Yeah, it's just been a remarkable turnaround. But like I say, you turn the clock back to last summer, uh, twenty-five points, uh, losing the league to Rangers. Um, the players that we had, the players that were, you know, when you were leaving, your Edwards, your Christie, your Ayer. So the, the job that he had to do was was. It was just incredible, a difficult, difficult task to do. But what he's done, you know, and even from the early part of the season, losing three of the first six matches, the run that we've then went on, to never lost a game since September, 
Mm-hmm. And I think, Mark, just just because what happened in the summer with all the, the Eddie Howe fiasco and stuff like that, like this will be a, to me anyway. Like this will be a special title win. You know what I mean? Compared to I know we won nine in a row, Mark, and stuff like that. This like, is up here, Paul. Uh, this is yeah. up here with season. Yeah. I, I mean, I can remember. I mean, remember that very well, sir. For me, this is the way I kind of feel. This is mm-hmm. a kind of Vim Janssen season for me. Just, I mean, we always, we've kind of always hoped we're always going to say, oh, we'll win the league, we'll win the league. But, but it's to turn things about, Paul, eh, so much. It, Barry saying as well, it's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable, really, what Andrew's mm-hmm. brought on, on the park. And we've got to give, I mean, look at the mess we've had behind the scenes, Paul. We went for the Eddie Howe move, you're saying the Eddie Howe fiasco. We got Anne in, Don McKay shot the cross. Exactly. Like, Michael, I mean, and, 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 right, and I, I used to say, Paul, I'd love to get days on here where we weren't sitting talking about our CEO when we were all moaning about Lilna. And people are going on about Michael Nicholson, we never hear film, we never hang me in that, Paul. But that's what you want for your CEO. And mm-hmm. then, mind I sent you the links, links the other day about him, and it seems that he, that he turns up at fan events. And some of the things Michael Nicholson said is, Completely, no the way we'd expect the Celtic board to be taking a direction on Paul Winter. Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. Big team now, lads. Score predictions, and we finish up in that. Barry, yeah. I'm going to go for two one. I think. I'm going. To, I'm going to go for the same as what we've done in February. I'm going three 0 Marky, I'll go three nothing. I'm very confident, that's fair juice, fair juice. Uh, that's it for tonight, lads. Uh, thanks to Barry, as always, for joining us. Uh, hopefully, Celtic are uh, another step close on Sunday. We'll be back on Sunday night for, for Mark, match reaction. If uh, you guys in the live chat want to join us, uh, Mark will close the show. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks very much to Barry for joining us. It's always great when he comes on. I really enjoyed that tonight, Paul. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Hope you did. Same everybody in the live chat. All the I'm not even going to start rhyming names off, but thanks for everybody who tuned in and listened to us. Remember, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Uh, hit the like button, and if you know how, leave a message under the video, because that really helps us with the YouTube algorithm. And all our links to the forum and that, they're all in the description below as well. Good night, lads. Hail, hail, and God bless. Thanks again, lads. Cheers. Taught you a special way. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.